10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So much mind bending. On a beach? No. Hey, hello. Hello. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Post Credits, our live show that we do on Saturday nights. Our weekly night live show. Our weekly night li- our weekly night live show. That sounds not, weird. It's not incorrect. It's not incorrect, but it just sounds a little weird. Oh, so there's an echo. Uh, that or was. was. Test. Just testing stuff, Robbie. It's fine. Is it fine? Yeah. If you hear an echo, please email us at the last ones in podcast <laughs> at gmail.com and we'll solve it as soon as we can. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think I've actually checked that email for a while. Uh oh, it's gonna be full of someone being like, Hello, please watch Avengers. It is my favorite movie. That'd be funny, actually. It's just like full of like requests. That'd be kind of funny. <laughs> for once. Just like yeah. one guy giving the same request over and over again. We still haven't even checked out that one Hercules thing. Oh, uh, Hercules Returns? Yeah, Heracles. Yeah, Heracles. No. That's yeah, just how they <laughs> say Hercules in some places. Um, Kind of like tinnitus. Tinnitus? More like Aladdin versus Aladdin. Aladdin. That's how you're technically supposed to say it, actually. Oh. Aladdin. Oh. Well, I guess I'm going to start calling it that. Then everyone can mock me. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, we can watch Arabian Nights and Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a great time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, for the regular show today, we watched I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Mm-hmm. That was a good time. Mm. Nice little mind bender. It is, actually, I think. It's a spoon bender for sure. It's the Matrix, actually. It's, it's just the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe they got away with it. I'm a little shocked, too. Yeah. Just Keanu Reeves is right in there too. It's crazy. He's like, it's like, so this is all the Whoa. Matrix and the snow is just the Matrix and the program, and you just see Keanu Reeves sitting on the bench outside, going, "Whoa!" Girl Keanu Reeves dress walks by. <laughs> Keanu Reeves was the one who was banging on the window earlier in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that won't make any sense, but no. Um. So yeah, here's our live show. We have a few things to talk about. Not a whole lot this week that's planned. I don't think. Mm-mm. Um. Sorry, I'm all flemmed up over here. We'll get um, rid of it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I want to ask E a question. Uh-oh. E. Hello. You watched a lot of, like, children's sitcoms and stuff. <laughs> yes, you could say I'm pretty well-versed in watching them, I guess. Did you ever watch The Victorious Show? Yeah, I have. Uh, I probably watched most of it, quite frankly. Really? Yeah. It was on during the time I was watching TV. Would you say it was good? I'd say it's up there with the sitcoms. <laughs> what is, what's your favorite, like, Nick sitcom? That's like... Drake and Josh, usually. Oh, okay. Wow, that was fast. Like, and then, like, pr- fairly close is iCarly, and then kind of all the rest, like... Okay, okay. It's like a sizable gap, I would say, from like Drake and Josh, iCarly, to most of the Nick sitcoms. Hmm. Interesting. 
You know what I learned? There's a feature-length crossover between iCarly and Victorious. Yeah, I watched that. I don't remember anything about it, but I definitely watched it. Keenan's in it. Yeah, from Keenan, Keenan and Kel. Yeah, it's weird. They do a lot of random stuff like that. I think Drake is in it, too. Probably? Or just Josh? Josh. The Josh. Josh is in it. Josh is the... I would. I want to say it would probably be Drake, because he was still working with Nick. Which one was the one that was Drake's heavier the cool set? one. That was Josh. Which one? Which one was the heavier set one? Oh, yeah, that was Josh, yeah. Yeah, okay, so he was skinnier. He, that's like, he got skinny. Mm-hmm. I think it, literally his role was he walks in and says, hey, I love your stuff, and walks away. That wouldn't surprise me. They do that a lot. Yeah, so... Um, I think that's what happened with it. Fair enough. But it was like the Avengers of the kid sitcom, the Nickelodeon. No, that's that's so sweet life of Hannah Montana. Come on, <laughs> that's so sweet life of Hannah Montana. It was a crossover between the sweet life of Zach and Cody, that's so Raven, and Hannah Montana on Disney Channel. Huh? <laughs> but I didn't say Disney. I said Nickelodeon. Oh. <laughs> Shows how much I heard. I um, thought you said of sitcoms. <laughs> that Lizzie McGuire show got canceled <laughs> before it started one? up. Yeah, they were gonna do a new one, and it was like in production. It started, and then Disney's like, "We don't want to air it." Actually, so they just stopped. <laughs> Why can't they do that? It was apparently too mature for the audience they were trying to hit. Like it was more of like an adult show. Like it was following Lizzie McGuire mm-hmm. still as an adult. Um, that's weird. Because what is airing is the continuation of The Proud Family, which does seem to also be more adult. But it's still them as kids. Uh, Teenagers, but I guess, yeah. Well, yeah, but like Lizzie McGuire, she was literally going to be like, hey, Lizzie McGuire, but she's an adult now dealing with adult problems. Uh, which I could see why they wouldn't want that on Disney+. Plus. I couldn't. Disney Plus is kind of for all ages. But I couldn't imagine them having like a sitcom about like someone Taxes. having... <laughs> like taxes or like... Being an adult and like having that like adult life of like going out and drinking and like stuff like that, mm. I would be shocked to see them do that. I think not shocked. I would be surprised to see them do that. I don't know. I feel like that's arguably starting to get closer to their roots in a lot of their sitcoms than where they went for many years. I just want somebody that's Boy Meets World again. <laughs> I thought they did Boy Meets World again. Yeah, it was Girl Meets World, but it wasn't as good. Was it aimed at a younger demographic? Yeah, it was like the first two seasons of Boy Meets World. Uh-huh. Whereas I want like the last four seasons of Boy Meets World. That's you're Whenever putting they... the bar too high for Disney. I think they would have gotten there actually, but it got canceled in season yeah. three or something. But... Uh, I get. The, I think maybe the part that confused me about the Lizzie McGuire is it's clearly a, like it's clearly for nostalgia. One hundred percent. Yeah. So like, they're adults anyways. I don't understand why you can't just have it the adult show. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? I mean, also speaking of Boy Meets World, like when I think of like an early episode, an early episode was like whenever they're talking about who they wanted their parents to be. And he said that he'd want his parent to be Superman. And then he realizes like how much his dad works and then comes home and does a bunch of stuff with the kids. And like he just like never gets any rest because he's constantly trying to take care of everybody and how his dad's secretly just Superman compared to like later on episodes wherever like his wife gets sexually assaulted by a teacher and he ends up oh, punching him, and gets sent to court for it. Yeah. It aged with the audience. Yeah, most um, of them did. Yeah, that episode's still good though. I remember that episode because like his whole thing is he's asking his dad for money to buy water guns because there's yeah. a water war going on in the neighborhood. I remember. I remember Boy Meets World too well. Yeah, um, <laughs> and so they're all like getting water guns, and Sean somehow has like all these super awesome water guns. Yeah, because so, that's how it works. Yeah, and so Corey like I want the best water gun, 
uh, Dad, can I have all this money? He's like, no, but you could probably ask Feeny for money. He probably has something for you to do. And so it literally, it's uh, Huckleberry or Huckleberry Finn. Huck, what's the what's the one? Not Huckleberry Finn. Not Huckleberry um, Tom Finn. Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. That's the one. Um, it's literally Tom Sawyer. It's the it's the fence and everything. He's like, paint the fence and I'll do the thing. And so he paints the fence, but he does a bad job. Yeah. Well, because like he's like a spray painter to paint it, and so like he paints the fence like the fence, but he also paints the fence posts behind it. And so he ends yeah. up ruining the other fence by painting. Yeah. Yeah. And so the job is like. Now he has to do the other thing to get the money, but it actually all the money he got from the first time he had to use for more paint because he fucked it up, so he made nothing off of it. And his dad's like, sees all of that, and he's like, actually, son, here's the money. Go get your... Or no, he he buys the water gun for his son. He doesn't give him the money. He literally no, no, no. buys the water uh, gun. He gets the money, but it's one of those, like, he can't enjoy the water gun because he's too busy repainting the other fence that he ruined. Well, no, he, he ends up using having to use all the money oh. to buy more painting supplies. And so his dad comes up, and he's like, yeah, I guess you're going to miss that water war. Unless, and he pulls out like the big thing. And it's just like the dollar store square gun. He's like, pew, pew. It, it doesn't look great, honestly. But <laughs> uh, it's like a big giant thing. And he's like, here you go. Go have fun. And later that night, the dad's like painting the fence, fixing the job for his son after working super long hours and stuff like that. And then Corey sees that. So he's like, I want to go have fun with my dad. My dad's the real hero here. He sells his big one. He gets a bunch of smaller ones. And the whole land of the gag is the entire family has a water gun fight with a bunch of tiny water guns. Okay. That's the, that's the plot of season one episode. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I don't know what episode it was. It I, was mean, cl- I can't like, it was early boy meets world though. <laughs> You're not allowed to make fun of me for like knowing plots of any show, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the time that drive made fun of me because like, I just remembered that show everybody loves raymond and then like yeah some and other you were so mad about that fact <laughs> and then he went off on this huge tangent on some other comedian i don't even remember what show it was <laughs> i don't remember what show it was the george lopez show i don't know you said it was like not fun I, for- <laughs> I forget what show it was too i know like i knew an odd amount about that show I yeah remember. Charlie Sheen? No, not Charlie. Yeah, it was. Men. Yeah, it was Two, two and, and a Half, half Men. Yeah. yeah. No, just like you're giving me shit about Everybody Loves Raymond, but you know all yeah, these facts yeah, about like, Two and a Half all Men. All the details about Two and a Half Men and like when they uh, got Aston Kutcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I knew a little bit too much. Hey, Sam's there in the chat. Hi, Sam. So was there something you wanted to go with by asking me how much I knew about Victorious, which is more than you probably did before? Whatever's going on. Uh, yeah, I didn't know anything about Victorious. Uh, I just wanted to know like how much you knew about it and like a decent amount. Like I remember a lot of plots. I remember it was way hornier than a show should be aimed at the target audience. Quite frankly, it was in fact remarkably horny, from what Super I understand so far. Horny. I'm about. I think the giant video thing that I'm watching just hit season three, so <laughs> I will now be. I, I fell asleep last night. I'm not even gonna lie. I fell asleep watching it last night. I ate a bunch of pie and I fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you had like weird victorious dreams where you were with the girls and you're like dancing in a skimpy clothing. And you're like, ha-cha, cha-cha. It was an extremely <laughs> odd thing because I was like, I, li- I was like on page 75 or something of, <laughs> I'm thinking of ending things. It's like, I'm gonna take a pie break. I'll put on this YouTube video. I'm on this pie break. How appropriate for victorious, which that was a running joke. Pie? Pie. Really? Just the pie. It, oh. A lot of Nick shows, just the fact that it was pie was like a joke. Oh. Uh, they ate pie. And well, I don't get why. Like, I don't understand. That might either. have been another Dan Schneider thing. Maybe. Like, it was very seldom, like, that they were going to, like, pie someone. It was mostly just, like, pie. Huh. 
Anyway, I took a pie break because I learned like how to make apple pie. It turns out it's super easy. You take um, apples and you put it in a pie. You you get a bunch of apples, right? And you cut them up after you peel them. Um, you add brown sugar. You add white sugar. You add liquid sugar with lemon juice. You add uh, yellow sugar. <laughs> um, cinnamon. Solid sugar. I want to say cumin, but I don't think that's correct. <laughs> that, that would be weird in an apple pie. It, I put something else in there. I can't remember what it was now. And salt, uh, and let that maciate for a while. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that's mm-hmm. a fancy cooking word. Mace it. Soak. Uh, I soaked it in all that stuff for a while, and then cooked it down. And instead of adding water to like make it saucy, uh, I added you apple added cider vinegar. No, uh, I was actually reading because there was like a bunch of people who were like, add apple cider vinegar, and I'm like that awful. That sounds like the worst thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> I added apple cider, like seasonal apple cider that we sell at our store, mm-hmm. and uh, it was great. And so I made like these little. I was calling them pie bites. Uh, it turns out they actually have a name. Oh, it's called Sam apple- says it's nutmeg. You're thinking of nutmeg. I don't think I don't think I put nutmeg in there. Did I put nutmeg in there? Did you? What did I put in them? Neither of us were here when you made this pie. It's a very small bottle and it's expensive. Cocaine. That's what it was. <laughs> I don't know vanilla. That's not a. Oh, I did add vanilla to that too. Yeah. Maple there was another, syrup. There was no. There's another dry thing I put in there. Maybe it was probably nutmeg. It's probably, probably nutmeg. That sounds like something I would put in a thing. Yeah, that that, that is, sounds like something that goes in apple pie. Yeah, brown. And I just added a bunch of stuff until it looked like apple pie. Uh, it worked because it tasted like apple pie. This is a very long tangent to get at that you fell asleep while watching a Victoria. Oh yeah, show. I ate a bunch of apple pie and then I fell asleep <laughs> and then I woke up like two hours later and Liz was home because she was like out hanging out with a friend and then Liz was home and there our Christmas tree was up. <laughs> And like everything was weird, and You're I didn't. Like, work. I slept till Christmas. I don't have enough time. <laughs> it was like a whole thing. I was very confused. Uh, anyway, yeah, apple pie is good. I don't know if Victorious is. <laughs> apple pie is good, but it will put you in a coma if you don't remember the dry spices you put. In was it, it all spice dry? <laughs> I don't think it was all spice. All spice turmeric. Tur- no. What is turmeric actually? I don't know. It's, it's, a, a, spice. it's a spice. It's a spice. Yeah, you're right. It's a spice. Uh, uh, cayenne. No, no, God, no. I'm just naming spices. That's how you uh, fuck up anything. Ginger? <laughs> ginger would probably be fine in it, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could, I, actually, if I put up some like shredded ginger in that, that would probably make it real nice. Yeah. Sam's just a yellow spice. Spicy pie. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just naming random spices now. <laughs> yeah. Um... We are going down the ingredient list of possible spices you could put into an apple pie just to say that Dry fell asleep listening to a podcast. Oh, yeah. It, was, it wasn't a podcast. It was a YouTube oh. video. But yeah. Uh... Worse. I guess... Since we're all victorious and I'll never have time to ever talk about this, <laughs> um, right of like episodes that stick out to me was the pilot, which was like she had to get into the big old school. art school. Yeah, that was just kind of a plot point in a lot of those. Was like it's the gifted and talented program, the school, but like real. <laughs> I guess, like, like I don't understand it's it. So I don't know how kids watched it because it was literally like, "Hey, here's all these rich kids who want to be famous." Mm-hmm. That's the show. Yeah. Um, there was an F- uh the sister character's the worst ever, and I hated her. Oh, yeah, I hate her so much because she's just a spoiled rich kid. Like more than every character is already a spoiled rich kid. So. That's one thing that the pers- the Quentin reviews mm-hmm. thing that I've been going off of. He's like, a lot of Nick shows had a character in them that it just assumed the audience would hate, so they do the worst things to them. And he, th- I think he defends that character. I 
I mean, I was a lot younger when I watched the show, but I don't remember her ever being good. Ever. No, she doesn't like do anything good in the show at all. She is just like an annoying character. Like, but he gets angry that like the other character ties her down after a w- she got her wisdom teeth taken out. Like a very child plot thing. Yeah, but he takes it extremely seriously. Like uh, I said, yeah. I don't really like this guy doing stuff, but I'm just gonna watch it because I I'm yeah. mildly curious about this dumb Nick show. But uh, actually, uh, a terrible thing that character does that always stuck out to me as one of the episodes I remember. It was her birthday, and Tori wrote her a song oh, as yeah. the birthday present. And she was like, where's my real present? And Tori's like, what? And then she sells the rights to the birthday song, <laughs> claiming it was her, to a studio to buy herself a hat. And then the studio was recording, and she can't sing. Like, that's just the joke in the show. Is she's not... I don't even know how she got into the program. But <laughs> she can't sing. She's rich. All of them are rich. You, you have to be <laughs> They're rich. all rich. The she's rest rich have her. talents, though. <laughs> Quote, unquote. <laughs> and like so she gets revealed like because she had to sing the song in the recording booth and they're like did you really sing the song and she's like it was my sister ha ha and they like lock her in a recording booth i think oh right and then they say like they got beyonce to sing it he talked yeah. about that part yeah i was really confused about what was happening in the plot that he... was the plot <laughs> yeah okay um like she's like it's like a comical kind of she's a terrible person yeah like it's not like she's actually terrible she's just com she's child sitcom terrible yeah uh there was another episode where like uh you so apparently you could just get kicked out of the school based off of a judge that's just a thing that's uh season three yeah episode one um so it's the terrible so everyone thinks tori's gonna get kicked out because her name was written on the list of people getting kicked out but it was the intern messed up and it was actually the sister who has no talent. <laughs> and then when that's revealed, all the people are like, okay, that's fine. She can get kicked out. I don't care. Yeah. And Tori was like, y- y- come on. And then the sister saves some, the person. So and gets to stay because they need her to stay. The actual thing that happens um, is after Tori, who is the namesake of the show and yeah. arguably the least talented actual singer in the entire cast. Probably. Um, a fucking Ariana Grande's in the cast. Like, I mean, yeah. It's very strange that Ariana Grande is not the lead person. Uh, this was before she was, like, really known, I think. It was like, before. She was yeah, an was actress say, at yeah. this time. Yeah. I was going to say, wasn't that, like, her first big role? Yeah, because that's kind of when she one, first yeah. got to sing, basically. She started off in like plays and stuff like that, but like this was her first like big acting gig, right? Yeah, um, it's just weird to look back on that because of that. Yeah, I don't she's think like she the... likes this character much anymore. Either. I don't think she would because it's literally just look how stupid I am. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the thing that Tori actually does to save her sister is she gets her friend who carries the racist depiction <laughs> puppet around to dress up like a ninja to pretend to steal the new principal's purse, who is the judge who decides yeah. the stuff. Um, in hopes that Tori's sister will be around because she is apparently a yellow belt in this very specific karate type, hoping that the sister will do the right thing and defend the principal from the person getting from the person who ends up just being the friend. She ends up doing that. And then from this kind act, the principal decides that her talent is her talent is pointless and she can stay anyway because she protected her. But uh, again, the sister doesn't know she's getting kicked off. 
so they fra- like Tori convinces the sister that she's saving her hide. Yeah. But also, that's so much worse than I remember because I thought it was actually like a mu- a thug a muggery. Nope, gets the word puppet dude. Okay. Who's apparently his cuz in that same episode you learn his talent is apparently supposed to be stand-up comedy. Mhm. But not like with his puppet. His puppet's just a thing that he has. He just cuz he has anxiety about talking to women. Yeah. It's weird. And that like, show's weird. Like thinking back I didn't realize what you were saying with the puppet, but man, that's gross. Real racist. <laughs> yeah, just super racist. racist. There's also an entire episode where all of the cast is in their bikinis. Yeah, there's one where they're stuck in an RV. That's the one, yeah. yeah. And, like, uh, Ariana Grande just gets to fucking have a water fight with a bunch of hot dudes. Yeah. It's, uh... It's weird. If you're, like, 15 or 16, that is, like, the most fan service episode. If you're older than that, you're a fucking creep. <laughs> so, so, there you I go. I don't know. The Christmas special was also super horny. Yeah, that one also just has a uh, couple people hanging out in a uh, skimpy Santa outfit. Skimpy Santa outfit, and then also hot tub. And Dan Schneider <laughs> is a fucking awful human. Yeah. Also, it looks like Sam is making fun of me saying muggery. Because muggery, I, that's not really a word. Why not? <laughs> it's just mugging. I think there's a muggery afoot. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam Looking says, really muggery outside. <laughs> creepy f. Yeah, it's very creepy. Super fucking creepy. Like very well known creepy, and he's like been outed as being awful, right? That um. So he has been kicked out, but not for that. His show just kind of has been, his shows have been declining in ratings. Oh, so that could be a factor in them letting him go, but it probably wasn't. It probably wasn't. And, and so it's a lot of the stuff isn't technically actually documented stuff against him, right? Because like you can kind of play off a lot in the show, and like Nick did as oh no, he just thinks feet are funny in like all. Yeah, of that's what Quentin jokes. Tarantino thinks too. Yeah, is so funny. Real funny whenever yeah. Robert Rodriguez gets uh, Salma Hayek to put a foot in his mouth. <laughs> Just friend doing another friend of solid. Yep. Yeah. But um, <laughs> fucking gross. <laughs> yeah. So like, there's a lot of weird stuff about that, and just like, there's a lot of weird stuff about J- Jeanette McCurdy, like talking about Dan Schneider. She's been very outspoken about that, and like, I was actually looking at a bunch of interviews. She actually doesn't intend to ever go back into acting because of her experiences with him. Yeah, she's not on the iCarly reboot. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of insane. Cause... What did she do? Does she do like was she a singer? I don't remember. What she she did. did music after okay. all of her Nick shows and stuff, and she was moderately successful. I think mm-hmm. she's very talented. She's a very good singer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she is one of those child stars that unfortunately uh, got the wrong end of the crater stick. Got a real shitty mm-hmm. one. Yeah. There's just a lot of stuff. I remember. And it's what, like, to, I guess to, like, show how hidden it was, Um, another actor from iCarly, the kid who did Gibby. Right. Like, people were asking him about him. It was like, yeah, I didn't see, like, anything. I thought we were all kind of, like, friends on the set and stuff. So, like, uh, it's one of those things where it seemed to have mostly been the female yeah. people who spoke out about it. Huh. Weird stuff all around. Weird stuff, yeah. How many other shows did he have his hands in? He had a lot. uh, Drake and Josh, iCarly, Victorious, Kid Danger, Game... It's not Game Text, but it's like Game Something. Uh, 
that's the ones I can remember off the top of my head. Was he involved in Sam and Cat? Y- yeah, Sam and Cat too. Right. I I get I don't like think of that as a a separate entity than either iCarly or it's somehow a spinoff of two shows yeah it's really weird it lasted a season or two and then stuff with Jeanette McCurdy yeah yeah it seems like that one was like gonna be huge I think they wanted it to be because it was the most popular characters from each show yeah weird it was a weird show I don't (laughs) I never watched it because even I was like this just feels like it's just marketing <laughs> like interesting i'll still watch quentin reviews review of it and you'll be like i disagree with quentin every step of the way it's i disagree i can't even say i disagree because i've not watched the shows i just yeah. don't like how he goes about it i don't know it's hard to say because like it's one of those things that i think a lot of people got fixated on the idea that you can't have like mean spirited stuff in children's media yeah which i disagree with for sure um is that because it was like when I was real, like early on the internet and impressionals, there was a cartoon reviewer I watched that I kind of watched religiously for a while. Mm-hmm. And like he did a similar style of that where he's like, anything mean spirited is terrible. And these characters are all awful people. Because if you took this more literally terrible, terrible in that stuff. Right. But like as I got, as I got older, I started being like, I don't know. Sometimes like it's just a joke. <laughs> Is that weird thing? Yeah, and like that's the thing is like there's never a point where he's talking about something. He's like, but it's just a joke, so it's fine. It's always like, this is literally a crime, and like, yeah, it's, it's weird. He takes it too seriously. Uh, whatever. No, it's hard to say because again, like, where's the line about like you can't discuss children's media and you there's like an overtly too critical about children's media. Like, there is a fine line that I think is hard to get pinpoint. There is, but like. I'm saying you crossed it for sure, but like, yeah. I don't know where the line is. I don't know either. Actually, I'm. I don't. I can't say that I've watched a lot of people talk about children's media online. I watch many. <laughs> <laughs> I watch a lot of people. I, I was telling you, like, there's one I watched a lot that's like about kind of black culture and stuff and yeah. how it's represented in uh, cartoons and like other. Because um, what's that? Baby's Kids. I guess that had like a cartoon too. Did it? Yeah. It wasn't just a movie? I, I No, I think it had a cartoon too or something weird. Huh. There's a lot of weird stuff, but um, like I watched one about that and I think that one's really interesting from the perspective of he's a black, he's a black man wanting representation for his culture. Yeah. And like how the media can fail him or succeed in other ways. Because like he did an entire like hour essay about like how just hip hop is represented in a lot of cartoons, which is say usually bad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it usually is. just, hey, I'm my name is Yo, and I'm here to say. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess also speaking of that, there is that one proud uh, proud family episode, wherever there is a a song that got really popular, but it was a censored version of the song. It's so like whenever people are listening to it, it's just him saying nonsense and then bleeps throughout the entire thing. That sounds very funny. Yeah. Weird. I, I can't say I watch a lot of Proud Family. I like sure it a lot. I saw that episode at your house. That doesn't mean Probably, I was watching. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it doesn't mean that he remembers it, but <laughs> literally the only Disney cartoon that I actually remember remember like actively watching was the Mighty Ducks cartoon. What a weird one to remember. They were ducks and they were hockey players, but also superheroes. <laughs> what a weird one to remember. <laughs> yeah. What? I think I remember Darkwing Duck better than that. 
I don't. I, mean, I remember the theme song. Dry, but... dry hears me talk about every random cartoon that aired at two in the morning on Disney Channel. Yeah. Yeah. I think me and E are like one of seven people who ever watched that Barbarian one. Dave the Barbarian. Yeah. They still need to add that to Disney Plus. It's still not there. It's lost it's, media. It's it's not. It's literally, it's like all uploaded on YouTube, but I want it in better quality. It's gone. It's gone forever. <laughs> Never it just bugs me because it's not like they're saving that. There's not <laughs> like a lot of episodes even. No, there's like two seasons. Yeah. It's a weird show. Uh, I just love that. It's just a... It's generally like a amazingly hilarious show. Like the characters are just generally really funny. I remember Dave was real dumb. He is. Yeah. But he also is really funny. <laughs> I wish I could remember more. It was at two in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man. The most I remember about Dave the Barbarian, I've seen like I have like very vague memories about that show was like him being dumb, so he's almost like more of a like a more charismatic Johnny Bravo almost. Yeah, he's like he's a himbo basically yeah 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 pretty much that's his character yeah <laughs> also sam in comments says sheep in the big city that is cartoon network god i but... forgot about that show <laughs> sheep in the big city. yeah that it's, was a show it's a show yeah i would that is definitely a factual statement it's that is a show i forgot about that show <laughs> i think it also lasted like a season or two yeah because like that was one of those shows because remember back in the day whenever cartoon network would like uh they would show all these different pilots and then they would have people vote on them. Yeah. Sheep cartoon, in the big city Fridays. was one of those. Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Don't that was a show. It was like back when Cartoon Network was literally 24 seven. Mm-hmm. I remember this weird stand up dude. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I didn't, I get nostalgic for bumpers a lot. So like I was watching the bumpers. I found the bumpers when that was a new show. Like, the world premiere of Sheep in the Big City. Huh. It was hosted by Double D. That sounds about right. With Johnny Bravo annoying Double D and all the bumpers. Yeah, because, yeah, they just would just have the cartoons hosting, like, all these different things, like, show these different pilots yeah. for it. Yeah. So, like, I, I would never want to go back to cable, but that I do genuinely miss that kind of stuff. Like, you yeah. don't get that from streaming because it's not needed. I do specifically remember this episode of <laughs> Sheep in this Big City that I found on here. Okay. Um. I didn't know it was about the sheep because he's barely in it. <laughs> yeah, it's more of like everything happening around the sheep. Yeah, the sheep also, can't even talk. No, he's literally a sheep that walks around. Uh, the episode from season two, episode 13, is called Bah! Hind the Scenes. <laughs> and uh, he's on a movie set. It's mostly about these villains doing villain things. I remember this yeah. one really well. <laughs> so you remember an episode that was not even <laughs> yeah. about the sheep? Yeah. Okay, not my anyway. I don't know, like I definitely watched some of Sheep in the Big City, but it's one of those shows that like it was just on. Show. Yeah, it was just on. I'm not saying it's bad or anything. I just it it didn't like leave a mark on me. And there's a lot of Cartoon Network shows like there's like very few people who give a shit about like Squirrel Boy. No, oh, yeah, that was a thing too. Yeah. Why why are these things existing? <laughs> hey. I'll give Cartoon Network all the props for airing all the randomest shit. Yeah. Because that's like, how um, you get genuinely good shows. How they got Adult Swim. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the show, but like the guy who eventually created Kids, or codenamed Kids Next Door. Oh, uh, um, Pepper Ann. You talking about that one? Maybe. The, or with the, the one with the boy and the monkey in that science lab? Oh, oh no, not Pepper Ann. Uh, that's just... Yeah, that was, that, that was... Something Monkey. Yeah, it was something... I can't remember exactly what the name of it was, but I remember it was just the one pilot of like this kid that was like, had all these different... um. Yeah, this kid that had like all these different science experiments happening to him and this monkey in the yeah. science lab, and uh, the sci like scientists had to leave for whatever reason, so he had to keep on calling uh, 
this like control group that like help him like hey like i got such and such disease like oh well you got to do this in order to uh in order to try to like make it better mm-hmm. and i remember that one because there's like one in particular where um he had swine flu or something like that it's so, yeah. like his head turned into a pig and uh the guy was trying to like look up to see what he was supposed to do for it and like they just had things that like break in, in case of swine flu and he hits it and a guy just like jumps out of the uh, thing saying bam look at that bacon sizzle and then like the pig jumps off his head and runs away that was an unhinged show oh yeah there's no way they could have made an actual show with that i yeah, do remember, but I remember like that was like one of the first shows that he tried like showing as a pilot to cartoon network and they just showed like just the pilot yeah well they aired that with the with some of the episodes of codenamed kids XO yeah. for a while because it shared that same design for the scientist yeah one of the villains and right because he door. yeah the scientist that just had the lobster arm yeah what did you, did you look up the theme song or i did look up the theme song i listened to sam's advice in chat uh it's literally some trumpets and a couple guitars and it's ba 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 sheep in the big city yep that's the theme song yep <laughs> that's <laughs> gets your attention yes oh that's uh... what i'm watching huh I can see why it lasted so long. <laughs> I don't know what they did for two seasons. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look at the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Like the no, uh, that has characters that talk at least. Yeah. Well, like look at what the pilot was for that. Oh yeah. What was the pilot for? Uh, uh, the pilot was they had a really really old hamster, and Death was coming to claim the hamster, <laughs> and they ended up playing a game with Death and beating him. And at so, limbo. oh yeah, at Limbo. <laughs> and so because they beat him at Limbo, uh, he now had to be their servant. I and like the it. hamster gets to live. Yeah, and the hamster gets to live. Hamster's never mentioned ever again in that show, but the hamster lives. I think he's in the background. For Maybe? Most, for random episodes. Also, Billy and Mandy, a show that changed so much over the course oh, of yeah. its seasons. Like, I would say it changed for good, though. Like, there's some re- there's some banger episodes of that show. I would like. I think overall, I think the quality improved, but I would be lying if I said I didn't like a lot of the, like, eeriness of the early seasons. Like, the early seasons are kind of, like, creepy yeah in a lot of ways i mean <laughs> as a kid if i wanted to watch creepy i was usually watching like courage the cowardly dog sure courage was fantastic yeah courage is fantastic i yeah. still think like one of the most unhinged creepy episodes was still the one with the nephew that just had a thing for shaving him yeah weird. i mean people like that still creeps people out to this day yeah <laughs> so i i know it's gonna be bad but i still want to see the scooby-doo slash courage crossover and i know but i don't people said it's all right yeah, I, I don't like that it doesn't have the actual creator of Courage. That upsets me. Mm, that's weird. Yeah. I wonder if it feels like often. It probably feels like someone imitating Courage is yeah. my guess. Yeah, that seems about right. Um, Speaking of Courage, you know what it takes Courage to do? What? Play a sequel of a game that come out 14 years after the first one. <laughs> 20 years. 20 years, my bad. Uh, e, you played Psychonauts too. I did. I did play Psychonauts 2, and you know what? That game is fucking amazing. I love it so much. Yeah? Yes. Weird. So Not weird, I guess. It's... Yeah. I <laughs> Weird. That gave you like the first one quite a lot. You liked the second one? Wow. <laughs> I th- Okay, so like the biggest thing, it genuinely improves basically everything about Psychonauts 1. Like I know you aren't huge on Psychonauts 1 from the times you tried to play it. It's a collectathon. Yeah. I like um, that game. Dry, I don't think got past a couple hours in that game. Sounds about right, yeah. yeah. Oh, I should have beat that game. I played the entire thing. I 100%ed it, um, except it crashed, so it never actually gave me the 100%. I don't think I 100%ed it, but I really liked how, like, 
they have like this very like upfront like everything's cool and nice and everything and then like in the background like all these horrible things are happening like there's just that one teacher that like she put up a front that she was the happiest out of all the teachers but mm-hmm. it had the uh mental ptsd of the fact that she worked at an orphanage that burned down and had to watch the children burn on the inside yeah that's that is literally an easter egg in the game i remember that one yeah I don't know if I call it an Easter egg because it's just one of the collectibles, but it, yeah, it's one of the collectibles. We have to go out of your way in order to actually find said collectible. Yeah. But um, yeah, so like it takes a lot of the good ideas from that early one, like the exploring the mind and like how a lot of the powers you how you remember a lot of the powers feeling, I should say. OK, Um, and it just like blows all of that out the window like improves so much gets rid of a lot of the annoyances of the original um also is made in 2021 so it doesn't have a lot of the annoyances of being a collectathon platformer in 20 that's what i was wondering about like does it feel like that era it feels like it's a new game for sure like it genuinely feels so amazing to just run around in that game okay like on par with the mario games honestly easily That's extremely high praise it is high praise but i stand by it um so there's a lot of that stuff and like stuff i didn't remember having an issue with but i bet if i went back i would you can like chain your psi abilities way better so like i forgot about this in the first one you can only use one at a time and there's that annoying cooldown yeah you could just use all you have four at your disposal you could use them all at if you want at the same time good so like that makes combat so much weight, so much more fun, quite honestly. So, does it? I've heard a little bit about a couple of the levels that seem kind of cool, but does it like? I don't know how to explain this. <laughs> does it feel like a classic double fine thing of like? It's definitely more of about the writing and like the gameplay is just there because that's always how I felt about double. I think the writing is really good and the gameplay is still really fun. So I don't feel like I'm slogging through the gameplay to see what next dialogue is there. I feel like I'm blasting through the gameplay and also I get to have a really funny and witty dialogue. Okay, because like the way I've always felt like literally about every single level fine game is like the gameplay is fine. After like 20 minutes, I fucking get it. Uh, I'm here for the story. That's how I felt about every Double Fine game thus far. No, I definitely would say the gameplay is one of the strongest suits of Psychonauts 2. Okay. The other thing I've heard is that Psychonauts 2 is extremely dark. It's, I mean, a Psychonauts 1 is very dark too. I just heard that it was darker than the first one. I, it's hard to say. Cause like, I think it's, mo- what I would say is it's a lot more mature than the first one. Okay. Cause like in the first one, they're kind of all jokes about, like as terrible as it is to say it's kind of jokes about mental illness and doesn't take it too seriously absolutely and the second one like immediately kind of throws out the window like just from the simple thing of like raz will never just run into someone's mind anymore like without permission i think like that already shows a lot of steps they took to like make it more serious okay so and uh, one of the first things they actually do in that game is like, you know, the first one's all about like changing people's minds. The first thing they do in that game is basically show how that's not a safe thing to just do willy nilly. Like, you like mess up one of the characters at the start of that game and like have to correct your mistakes. And you see how like the ramifications of that weighed on Raz for a while. Okay. okay. Like stuff like that. And just like how some of the 
mental issues that these characters are facing are portrayed is a lot more serious. So I guess in that sense, yeah, it's a lot more dark. But okay, I I would I would put it more. It's just more mature than a more dark. Okay, interesting. I don't again. I don't know if I'll ever actually play this game. Uh, I mean, I will. Eventually. I would say you don't have to like beat the first one to play it. You can just jump in if you wanted to. Yeah, like I've I've seen a full playthrough. I've not beaten of two of one. Oh, okay. I was like, what? No, I've not seen. I've literally like watched twenty seconds of gameplay of two. I think. Um, but I've seen a full playthrough of one, and I felt fairly vindicated watching that playthrough of it. It's uh, it of like not playing any more of it actually. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's that's why I'm like not hyped on two at all because like I didn't love the first one. I think I've made that very aware. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I don't know if I'll have a different opinion on the second one. I, I mean, the second one's just a way better video game off the bat. That's always good. It's I like they have good. 20 years more of experience yeah. to make said game. And Microsoft. Yeah. And Microsoft. <laughs> well, that was late in their development. They were, yeah. that was just because they ran out of money. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot I could really convince you about if you just, like, didn't feel much about one so you don't know if you'll feel much about two but like i just genuinely think everything has been improved okay like even like stupid things in one like you had to collect cobwebs which is dumb and annoying that's not a thing in two (laughs) they just threw that away good good yeah and like there's some jank in two but unlike one it's like okay this is just a weird interaction and I can just avoid it rather than one's man. This level is jank. This level is fucking broken. Yeah. Okay. And if then, I see it on sale, I think it's still on Game Pass. Don't you have that? I don't. I've uh, not had Game Pass for quite some time. Okay. I got angry because it was real iffy on what stuff contr- like supported control controller <laughs> stuff, and like it actually broke me because I wanted to play the new Castlevania on mm-hmm. there on PC. I was like, this would be perfect for a gamepad didn't support it really yeah it just didn't support the gamepad on pc game pass so like Which? I just, why castlevania would, the, the literally the newest or not castlevania the castlevania ripoff blood of the ritual whatever that thing is the same yeah. people i don't know if i believe that that's weird. no i actually remember that because uh you're showing me that with uh super meat boy because yeah. like everything was being shown on Xbox controller, but we could not hook up an Xbox controller. And we I tried. feel like there's something wrong with your computer. No, because I had other games that were on Game Pass that were supporting controllers. But like I had Super Meat Boy just had controller support. Not on Game Pass. Not on PC Game Pass. What is what? Okay, so Game Pass is weird. Then yeah, yep, it is. And it was also in the beta program, so there was a bunch of stuff that was just weird about it. Okay, I mean, I feel like that was also one of those like it was like a weird emulation of the game. Yeah. Probably. It was a strange thing. But like, yeah, I wanted to play that game like super, super bad. And I was like, I'm going to keep Game Pass for that so I can play it. And I did. And the gamepad didn't work. And so I was like, fuck this. Okay. Wasn't I into and it. And then you didn't buy the game after really wanting to play it. Nope. <laughs> it made me angry. <laughs> I think it's on PS4. Yes. You could have bought it on PS4. It absolutely is. I'm not doing it. It can't make me. Don't fucking I mean... play. Don't hurt the indie devs because fucking Gamepad sucks ass. <laughs> they made me mad. I mean, <laughs> they didn't do anything. <laughs> that's weirdly up there with like you were ta- like whenever you were talking about like, well, I guess I gotta buy 
an Xbox or an Xbox One X now, so that way I can play Quantum Break now because I really want to play that game, and but I can't because I need to have an Xbox. My PC won't play it. It's like, oh, mine will play it. So I'm gonna be coming down in like a couple months. I'll just buy the game and you can try it that way. Yeah, yeah. I played through that game in like two days. Yeah, <laughs> I should. <laughs> Just like it sounds like so many of the issues you ever had with indie games are specifically Xbox Game Pass's fault. Yeah. <laughs> and you just refuse to play indie games because of it. I will play certain indie games, but like I said, it's not like indie games aren't my concentration because how do I explain this without sounding like an asshole? I think you might just be an asshole, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really, really hard time with the feeling of indie games sometimes. What does that mean? (laughs) So for me, there is this weird vibe about it. Like, what's that one game called that I absolutely loved? Um, Alan Wake. Well, obviously, but not an indie game. No, not indie. Well, technically an indie, but that Alan Wake wasn't technically indie. Not Fez. I, I, Fez was fine. I got stuck. Down well. No. Uh, Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods, yeah. Oh, okay. Every indie game to me has the Night in the Woods feeling. Like, it's just kind of aimless for most indie games, I feel. What? Yeah. I don't feel like Night in the Woods no was aimless. I have no clue what the heck I, that oh, means in, in this context. Aimless. Not really. But, like, it's just, like, there's a lack of extreme drive and motivation. Like, the, I don't know. I, that's how I feel with, like, literally every single indie game I've ever played. I have no clue what the hell that means. I don't know if I agree with you. How can you not agree with my own opinion? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying you have your opinion. I'm saying I disagree with it. I'm just telling you that's how I've, I've felt about every single indie game I've played. It's, okay. It, it's not badly designed. I don't think that. It's not that it's not extremely fun. It's that it literally feels like there was one idea and it only has that one idea. And so it feels aimless and they have this one thing to attach onto. Like, that's what I feel about every indie game. Some games I think that works for, some it does not. That's just how I feel. It feels like it's super broad overgeneralization of literally anything that's not made by AAA studios. I mean, to be fair, like, (laughs) there's AAA studios games that they have one idea and they just try to make an eight hour game off of it. I, I, I have the same feeling about uh, Ubisoft games, actually. Yeah. They have that same indie feeling to me. I, I don't know what to call it, but... <laughs> I hope you find a better term than indie feeling. <laughs> I, I hope one day I do as well. But, like, it, they just feel aimless. Like, there's, like, in fucking Far Cry or Assassin, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That's, that's the most recent Ubi game I've played. Like, there is an objective to that, but... Literally, the game just feels aimless. It feels like nothing is actually important. Like and it's so, one-dimensional? No, not, not even one-dimensional. Like, it just feels unimportant. So, like, I don't want to play it. Like, I don't feel like anything that I do actually matters in it. So, I don't want to play it. Um, Like, that's, I think, what ended up working with that Night in the Woods is, like, that's the character's thing. Like, nothing the character does, like matters and the character feels like they don't matter so like it worked for me in night in the woods um that's just like the most uh high praise indie game that i have in my pocket that i've played so i mean it's a really good indie. it game. is it's a really like, good game it's fucking it's regarded great as one of the best indie games I, that's a fine <laughs> it's <laughs> like... fucking fantastic um but yeah like i just don't like playing something and not having a direct thing that i have to do i guess sam was saying in the 
chat that it's like a kind of extension of how you feel about a lot of me like shows and stuff where if you don't see the point yeah you don't want to keep going like how you won't watch an episodic show unless it's a sketch show or how i met your mother or <laughs> like it has to be so fucking hilarious that i can't stand it for me to watch it like it crowd i brought up a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. is fucking so funny that i can look past that there's not a direct thing that the characters are trying to achieve it's just everything hits so well in that that it doesn't actually matter i have a really hard time watching that show all in one thing so like i'll watch a couple episodes here and there um but like i can't I mean, just designed for that yeah huh i would say it's designed for that basically right um well also, like, sam's getting really angry at you in the chat yeah i'm just not gonna look at the monitor behind it. uh <laughs> <laughs> um like I, I i really do i have a really difficult time with things that like don't make me want to do a thing like if it's just like here's the everything figure it out like that's why i can't play fucking stardew because it's like I don't give a shit about this farm. Like nothing makes me want to give a shit about this farm or the people here. Like there's literally nothing here for me. Like I don't want I don't want to make a story in my head about this farm that I already don't give a shit about. And I think that that and I, that game is not poorly designed. I think it does everything it does very well. But the point of it literally is to just do stuff. And like I don't want to just do stuff unless <laughs> Sam's probably yeah. saying a lot. Yeah. She she's saying a lot. Like my go-to just do random shit games are like that used to be arc but that was like a chat room for me it wasn't actually about playing the game it was about hanging out with friends and talking about stuff that's the same with like conan for me right now and that's the same with like minecraft like yeah like there's a little bit of like satisfaction with building something up and like hey this is my thing but like i'm not gonna go on at six o'clock by myself and just listen to like the game audio and like play a bunch of minecraft like, if I play a bunch of Minecraft by myself, it's because I want to listen to a podcast or music, and I need something for my eyes to do and my hands to do. Like, that's what those kind of games are for me. I mean, it's just a difference in how we consume media, ultimately, because if in that same situation, if I'm playing Minecraft and listening to podcasts, it's the opposite situation for me. The podcast is just in there to be background noise as I play Minecraft. Yep, just opposite opposite yeah. ways of doing it. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't know. like it more just upsets me the weird overgeneralization, like that you would put like Minecraft, Celeste, and like I don't know, Shovel Knight in like the same category. I would not put Celeste and Shovel Knight in that because okay. I think that they have a very direct point of like A to B. Like okay. this is what you well, have yeah, to do. Celeste is climb the mountain, Shovel Knights save save the girl. Uh, Minecraft is hang out with your friends. No, it's fight the Ender Dragon. Come on, no. yeah. No, it's not. I, I joke. I, I play the same reason. <laughs> yeah, like you, you, you play Minecraft to have a chat room that you interact with. Like that's what Minecraft is to me. So, like, I, well, I, I get. So, like, what is, where is the thing with indie games then? It, like feeling aimless if you like wouldn't put in like Celeste into that category, which is a very indie game. <laughs> like, I, I, it's hard I, to explain. I don't know what. Like, if the, you don't like sandbox games or like find your own meaning games i think that's fair i often don't get into a lot of those myself but like saying indie games is the, like a weird way to put it so it's kind of like how everything that sam doesn't like is a sitcom <laughs> that's her words <laughs> <laughs> i have to look back at the chat in here in a second and just read a bunch of angry stuff yeah but there's a lot of it. that's why i'm laughing at all because like sam like i know you're saying a bunch of angry stuff but he's legitimately purposefully not looking at the monitor if you were on the chat who knows what would happen but you're not so uh 
if like blase almost i feel like, like is almost how i would describe like, the actions kind of like there's almost this melancholy feeling with a lot of indie games i find especially the story driven ones and you have to be very much in that mindset to be able to enjoy that like edith finch there's kind of not really a point you wander around and do the things from a to b um i ended up liking that game because of the story um it's a very dark story and like very dim and it's an hour and a half so like i don't feel like it wasted my time like if that game were four hours i would be fucking pissed <laughs> because what that game is i don't think it's four hours a game i think it's an, I, I think it's a movie honestly that's why i think an hour and a half works so well for it because it's a movie to me um and then there's like night in the woods i end up just liking that because i think the story is so brutal and honest it does have that indie feel to me of like blase like everything is just kind of is and there's not really a purpose to any of it but i think that works for night in the woods Mm -hmm. but like i don't know there's just like this tinge of like i don't know how to explain it (laughs) there's just like almost an uncaring feeling for a lot of indie games not like uncaring about the product they're making but like uncaring about what the game is actually doing in a way that i feel like gets there and i think you can see like when i go to triple a games like i go for very action-based stuff usually Uh, i go for something that's going to keep me a to b very interacted uh i just i do the objectives i do the story blah blah blah. so like i just don't want something that's just i don't want something that's just fun or just a story (laughs) i don't want something that's just fun (laughs) like i know it it sounds dumb and stupid but like that's not what i want like i actually had a really hard time getting into eternal even though i thought that game was very fun because that game for the most part so has been until very recently just fun um it's once it started getting into the more emotional story stuff and the very nightmare fuel underwater things for me um, that I was able to like get more invested into it and really want to keep playing it instead of like forcing myself to play it. Because even though I'm having fun performing the actions, I am, I feel almost dead in my head because there's nothing for me to attach to. Um, I don't know how to explain it, man. I don't, I don't have like one little like term or like, fun cute thing i can say that like describes how i feel about it it's just like a weird feeling i get from a lot of indie games like limbo kind of actually yeah okay. limbo took the fir- limbo took me pro it felt like it took me days to get through it's only like a four-hour game but it took me like 12 or 13 sessions to play through that game because i just kept getting bored because it was just like a fun little puzzle and that's fine but like there was nothing to keep me going Limbo, actually, yeah. I think, is the best way to describe how I feel most indie games feel to me. <laughs> like, there's just not a drive. Yeah, because uh, I almost said Inside, but I feel like Inside has more of a drive Inside than Limbo Inside is a does. very, like, different... Yeah, yeah. Inside does have a drive, limbo. and it gives you... It literally plunges it, you into yeah, being it, forced into action. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, a, that's very much a story that you have, just have to be paying attention. It shows you the story instead of telling you the story. Yeah, I think Inside works a lot better than Limbo, actually. Yeah, because I almost said Inside, and then I was like, no, that one actually kind of has a point. Limbo, on the other hand, that one, it's kind of make your own reasoning. Yeah. It's like, the feeling of Limbo is how I feel about a lot of, a lot of indie games. Yeah. Oh, 
I mean, just. I mean, there's a handful I agree with, but I think for the large part, I disagree. But there are some that do have that feeling. Like I I get the feeling that you're talking about. Yeah, and I I totally get that, and I totally get that. That's not like a a good thing to feel about those. (laughs) But Uh, like, it just seems it's one of those things where it's just like almost inverse of me because like a lot of reasons I don't play a lot of big AAA games is because that's more how I feel about AAA games that I feel like I'm going through a lot of the actions just to see the next part. Whereas like indie games, they just mechanically feel so much better in a lot of ways to me. Like there aren't like in general, like if you look at a lot of the games I really enjoy, (laughs) it's more often indie games because I think they can nail down the feel of a game way better than a triple A can because they have to go through so many more like so many more uh, rings to jump through because they have to go through getting everything approved and stuff constantly. Whereas an indie game can just be like, I wonder if this feels good. All right, this feels a lot better. I'll just use this system now. And like, I'm not saying triple <laughs> A games are bad, but like I noticed a lot of the times that like just an indie game can take how like a triple a game feels and just like dial it up a little bit to make it a little snappier, a little punchier, a little, just a little bit something better in a lot of ways. I don't like a lot of games that I just like enjoy playing. Like, I don't think that I can get a game that feels like, again, I'll use returnal that feels like returnal from an indie studio. I don't think I can get that game. I think you can get close because that studio was very indie for a very long time, but I don't think, a completely indie studio could make a returnal. I just don't think they can do it. Depends what you really. Ah, sorry to say, because I haven't played Returnal. Like, <laughs> there's Hades is probably the best thing I can think of off the top of my head, which is a indie studio, and they made a very large uh, roguelike that also had a very heavy emphasis on dialogue and narrative. Which I don't. Again, I don't know much about Returnal if they have any emphasis on dialogue or narrative it's a quiet almost pretentious narrative Mm. (laughs) uh it's very groundhoggish and like meaning of life kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but it's like i don't like what about an indie studio do you think couldn't reach that i think literally the polish i think there's a level of polish on returnal that i don't think an indie studio could do without eight years nine years of doing it Mm. I don't know. I mean, like in general, I would say I feel like most indie games are more polished than a lot of AAA games. I, I just don't agree with that. And I think what it comes down to is, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like you don't like the feeling of a lot of retro games and a lot of indie games try to recapture the feeling of a retro game. Retro games are fine, but they're just meaningless. They're not meaningless. They're just fun <laughs> for fun's sake. Which is what you're saying a lot of those indie games were. It's like, they're just fun for fun's sake. It doesn't feel like there's a point to them. Yeah, like, it, it feels almost like I'm wasting my time at that point. <laughs> and, like, I know that that's weird, but, like, if I don't feel like I'm gaining something from the experience, then I feel like I've wasted my time. And so I have to feel like I've gained something. Like, I've I've obtained a new ability or, like, a new gaming craft or something like that. Like, I think that Returnal... I'm going to go back to that a lot right now because it's the most recent thing I've been playing alone is getting my hand-eye coordination way back up because I haven't been playing like a lot of Twitch shooters and stuff like that and it is a bullet hell third-person Twitch shooter, basically. Um, and like that game is keeping my hands on point. Like it's making sure that I can't fuck up 
because literally you get shot twice and you die in that game. Um, and so, like, what, what was the point I was getting at? What did you ask, Robbie? <laughs> I, I asked if, if it's because, like, you're not exactly a fan of retro-style games, and a lot of indie games are trying to, like, recapture the feel that they had of, like, yeah. retro games or give, like, oh, new yeah. ideas to retro games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, like, okay, Returnal doesn't feel retro to me. Like, it's it's teaching me something new. It's getting me to do something new that I've not done in a video game before. I've not played a game like Returnal yeah. before. I just haven't. Um, but, like, yeah, a lot of indie games are a lot of platformers and like a lot of walking sims and like there's nothing wrong necessarily with a walking sim but they're all the same story i've played a lot i've played a lot of great walking sims but they're all the same story they're all like i'm alone and then it turns out i'm dead or something like it's it's they're all like that kind of same dumb theme (laughs) sam's still Uh, getting angry at you in the chat yeah probably Uh, Uh, I would, if you go far and up, up or up enough, uh, you'll see that she t- said, "Read the chat, you coward." <laughs> uh, like, it just feels weird to be saying like most of them are pl- like that's probably a lot of the entry, like the lower level stuff. I feel like once you get to like the cream of the crop, for sure, you see so much of a large variety. Like, you see a lot of RPGs and like all the subgenres of RPGs going everywhere, and you see a lot of like fighting games being run by any uh, you don't care for fighting games right anyway, like see the it. things you're mentioning are things that i actually hate in video games <laughs> i hate those genres <laughs> like they're uh, just not fun to me like i don't think fighting games are fun in a competitive way because i'm just not super competitive with a fighting game a shooter mm-hmm. i can get a little competitive about but that's something like i'm aware of like a fighting game i'm never going to be good at a fighting game at this point like it's i'm not going to obtain that skill at age 30 it's just not going to happen so like if I can't you really want to you could but... I, I literally don't think I could I don't think I could you jam all of that information in my head um and like RPGs I actually just dislike RPGs because I hate the turn-based system that most of them have I fucking hate turn-based gameplay it's so boring it's so, so boring I was gonna say there's actually one that I got somewhat recently called Death Trash that is actually it's very retro because it's 8-bit but it not, plays I'm, the it, graphics I don't care about yeah but I was gonna say it plays a lot like a uh, Fallout it's weird. Yeah, it's actually pretty fun though. Cause I also like, don't love Fallout, but my favorite well, Fallout like, is Fallout seventy six. So. Yeah, I was gonna say, it, it's more like the old school Fallout. It's like the guy who made it or got the inspiration from like Fallout one and two. Oh yeah, I don't like those games. No. Uh, well, like, fuck you. <laughs> I, I don't like turn based stuff. I yeah. just don't. It's not like, turn based. That is, it's fucking turn based. No, it's not. It's energy turn based. No, it's, it's turn based. Yes, it is. Death trash isn't. But Fallout one and two are. Yeah. They're energy turn-based, but they're turn-based. Uh, this one plays... The combat style is almost like uh, old-school Zelda. Okay. But with guns. That's not like Fallout 1 or 2 at all. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Fallout 1 or 2 is not nothing like Zelda. <laughs> I'm saying combat-wise. <laughs> Dry would just have to look up this yeah. game later. I, I is what I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, I don't know. It just I'm trying to think of another one right now, but uh, Hyper Light Drifter. I uh, never played it. But that one's also very... I've seen art from it, and yeah. it looks great, but, like... That one's also kind of a Zelda-style game, where, for like, you know, you... it has the same kind of, like, uh Actually, you were saying style. Returnal's, like, a bullet hell, like, kind of top-down third-person? Not top-down, no. Or just, like, third-person kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, Hyperlife Drifter is, too, and it came out many years earlier. Yeah. It's not roguelike or anything, but... <laughs> it's more a uh, boss rush, I would describe it as. Hmm. One uh, indie game that was Boss Rush that I liked was Fury. That a lot of people game. love Fury, yeah. 
that's a fun game because it has a All point right. to it. I'm thinking of Fury. <laughs> yeah, Life Drifter is a slightly different thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay Fury. <laughs> yeah, but um, I guess so with a lot of indie games, I think a lot of the thing is a lot of indie games are trying to hit areas that have been lacking a lot of times, which is why you see a lot of indie like now. There's a lot of indie games replicating more the uh, original Paper Mario 64 and Thousand Year Door style of combat since Nintendo themselves have not been giving fans that like, I, again, I know you don't like fighting games, but a lot of them have been replicating a lot of like the kind of middle generation of fighting games when they were getting a lot more experimentative, but then realized that they could just start making the systems a lot easier, but at the cost of having fun execution, whereas a lot of the indie fighting games like rivals, Aether, a game I love simplified a lot of the concepts that were introduced in melee but did it in a way that let you still have the freeformness of melee that after brawl was not there right and like i don't know like and that's i don't know it's just like a weird thing to describe because like indie games are just filling the niches that are left behind ultimately as well as carving out new niches note that triple uh, a studios often can't reach like there would never be a game like celeste from a triple a studio i feel like that's really easy to say uh i don't think i gotten far enough into celeste to be able to have an opinion on that because <laughs> i got it, yeah because it crashed after world two right yeah so and... like you told me that there's like this very deep story in celeste and celeste was like sure <laughs> i didn't i literally didn't see any of it so and if i did i probably would have skipped it because that wasn't what i was there for but um yeah maybe Maybe I, I I can't I honestly like, it would be weird for me to like, try an opinion on that game. Yeah, it's just kind of weird to be the sense of like blaseness you feel because I feel like just the point of indie games is to carve out a lot of areas that are just left behind by AAA because like not all AAA games do this, but a lot of times you'll see like the big AAA game comes out and then for a while a lot of AAA games are just that game in slightly different ways. Absolutely, yeah. and I think that the way that indie games are developed they end up because of the lower entry point, they're allowed to be more experimental and they're allowed to do weird things with it. Right. And I think that that in I mean, many times floods over into the AAA industry and in that they take yeah. something from an indie game and do it a million times uh, over. Um, I don't think that indie games are themselves bad. I think that they are distilled into one thing and I don't want to do one thing. <laughs> I don't know. Much in the same way don't... that all anime is one genre. <laughs> all anime is bad. <laughs> In that sense, sure. <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know. Just like, I just don't see the the stillness of it. But like, at the same time, similar to how we do anime, how I watch a lot of anime and you don't, like, I play so many indie games. Yeah. Whereas I feel like you might play a couple a year. If. Yeah. Honestly, because my, my gameplay time is so fractured now that like, I have to be extremely picky about like where I'm putting my game time, honestly. Mm. And then so a lot of times the few you do is a genre you don't care for a lot. Like you tried Undertale, which is an RPG that you do and you don't like RPGs. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you saying you were pretty all right with Shovel Knight, but like. I didn't get not... the hype behind it though. Uh, Think of the last time Mario had like in a real like 2D side scroll release. There wasn't a lot. And the I most just didn't was love new. Shovel Knight's gameplay. Like it's fine. But like I'm ne like even with all the free stuff that's in Shovel Knight now, I'm never going to touch Shovel Knight again, 
because it never does anything different after the first level. Like I disagree. What Shovel Knight is throughout the entire game is Shovel Knight in that first level. Like it never really changed. I disagree. I think just the I think the level designs change just can greatly impact how you want to look at the game. Quite frankly, that's my other thing with a lot of those things is it's like you can experiment and do whatever you want. But how I play video games is I want to beat the game. So I don't want to experiment. I want to do the thing that's the best way to beat the game. Hey, Jiraiya, Control, where you told me I should have experimented a bit with how I played the game. Yeah, well, you played it wrong. <laughs> you, you used the wrong weapons first off. Uh, it was, you did it bad. Uh, <laughs> you didn't explore around enough and experiment enough to get the new powers to beat it better. That that game is like so much more than the gameplay for me. It's it, That game is the world. Like The gameplay is fun enough, but that game is the world for me. I just like being in that world. Um... But yeah, I don't know. Like Shovel Knight's fine. It's one of those. I mean, the original Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight is definitely easily the weakest of all the. And that's why I played. Things. That's why I yeah. played was Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight. And like the second one, I don't think you would like Plague of Shadows because it's what if you played Shovel Knight with a different character? Basically, I watched the gameplay. What if you played Shovel Knight with a worse character? No, he. I think he's way more interesting to play as. That's boring. <laughs> Uh, the third one is completely different levels as well as the character is a lot different to play as in a more interesting way. I haven't touched the Kings one yet because that's on my Wii U and setting that thing up <laughs> is a pain. But like that also is just a completely different genre. It seems to be a different genre in a lot of ways. It does So like here's here's another thing bringing up the Shovel Knight thing and like how I like to play video games mm-hmm. is like I just find the build that works the best for me and I play through it and I'm done. Um, a friend of mine loves Dark Souls. Yeah, it's literally his favorite thing. He plays through it dozens of ways. He finds new ways to play it all the time because he just loves playing that game. I have played through each one of them once. Mm-hmm. I found the build that I liked right away because I knew exactly how I wanted to play the game, and I did it, and I was done. There's a million ways to play those games. I don't care. Like that's not fun for me. The fun of it is that to me, Dark Souls is a puzzle. It's a puzzle box that you have to solve. Everything's always set up in the same place and you have to figure out the rhythm of the puzzle. Like that's what Dark Souls is to me. That's not what Dark Souls is to him. So like I just view video games as something to beat for the most part instead of something to play. I mean, yeah, that'll be a difference in how you do. Yeah. Yeah. There's a while I did that too, but I honestly think getting out of that mindset has let me really see video because I told you that's like why I never beat Night in the Woods until I did is because like I was just playing it to play it and there was such a disconnect from the what you did in the gameplay in the story that I could never like get them to mesh until like I just took a step back and reevaluate what I'm doing with video games. Right. And I'm not saying you should do that or that you have to do that. <laughs> it's it's kind of one of those there's a puzzle box and there's a hundred different ways to solve this puzzle box. And E is like finding all the cool different ways you can solve this puzzle box dry just wants the chocolate in the middle i wouldn't even say that it's like if dry decided to like buy a like name brand puzzle box worth 60 dollars and had a lot of fun with that and i'm like in the dollar store buying 60 of the norm of the dollar puzzle boxes yeah and like i'm showing dry like dry this one's really cool and i was like yeah that's all right it's like yeah it's a puzzle box (laughs) i did that i did a puzzle box all those dollar store puzzle boxes are the same (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> what I would say about dollar trouble is actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't. 
I I have a hard time like discussing this in a way that I feel like I'm I don't want to like be accusatory of you. I'm <laughs> I'm trying not to be like that. I feel like I this is another conversation where like you're on one side and he's on the other side and I'm just like somewhere in the middle because mm. Dry is saying that he likes AAA games for like an experience to beat and you're saying you like indie games and there's like people like me who is playing control and then like took a quick break to play rekinder and then after i'm done playing uh after i'm done beating control i'm probably gonna get into like final fantasy 2 see like that's something i can't do yeah if i stop playing a game i will never go back to that game no matter how much i enjoyed it i will never go back to that game except downwell apparently uh, it, it's like 13 megabytes so i can <laughs> download that and fuck it i can suck at that for like 30 minutes and then get rid of it again i suck at fucking downwell uh Everyone does. It's a roguelike. You got to suck at it until you get good at it. Yeah, I don't want it. It's too hard. Um, but like, it's it's weird because like, if I know something is story based, then I can get in that mindset and I can be like, okay, I want to experience this story. Give me all this character. Give me all these people. Let me see what's up in their lives. Like, I want to know everything that's going on in this world. Right. Like Night in the Woods. Like, I love that game because it's a f- great fucking story. I have a difficult time calling it a video game. It is a video game, but it is a story experience to me. It is not a video game experience to me. It's a video game experience in the same way that a visual novel would be to you then. Literally, exactly the same way, except less anime bullshit. Less pigeons, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Or tanks. Or tanks. You definitely should not look at the chat yet. Okay, good. Like that's why I'm just sitting here giggling to myself reading chat. Like Sam, like I am actually reading the messages that you're sending. I know that they're all t- towards dry though. It's why I'm just chuckling to myself while I read them. Also, Podbean really showing me why their app's not good. <laughs> I've been like, why is my battery draining? And I forgot that Podbean doesn't actually close when you mm-hmm. close nope, it. It just runs in the background. Yeah, Podbean uh, app kind of sucks. Sorry, I should like Podbean. tell it to. I should like figure out if I could tell it to stop doing that somehow. Maybe also. Actually. Sam is, I think, leaning more towards, uh, without telling you what she said exactly, she's leaning more towards <laughs> I feel E-Side. Like I could guess. Yeah, I can. <laughs> she she is very much leaning more towards uh, E-Side about, like, loving indie games and saying that, like, a lot of AAA games need a million patches before they actually work, and you never change your opinion. <laughs> that's a little unfair, because there are a lot of indie games that also end up having to do a lot of yeah, patches. Yeah, I think but... patches are just part of the industry at this point. It is. Well, and then even that, like, I'm running into weird patches, too, because I like to revisit like a lot of old retro Xbox. yeah like old xbox games that are like uh remade for pc yeah like so here's the thing um cyberpunk mm-hmm. big open world game big triple a thing huge marquee piece i have not played it because there's nothing in there that tells me that it will be a one a good video game or two a good story neither of like every every single piece of the gameplay i've seen is like that's definitely an open world video game and every story bit I've seen is like, Keanu Reeves really isn't that good at acting, is he? Um, He's actually... Like, <laughs> that's everything I've seen with that game. And like... There is more to it than that, I'll just say that much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you love that game. And yeah. that's totally fine. But like, that game gives me... In, that game gives me like that indie vibe. Like, there's no... I, I know, I, I keep saying indie vibe. Why did you I say Blase or whatever? Yeah, like, it just it feels like there isn't really anything there. It's again. a pretty face. Like I get again, that was more of a it's one of those things a lot of times I just get upset at your wording of a thing yeah, more than yeah, your actual yeah. opinion. Because you're like, yeah, this big triple A studio that's like the height of triple A ness and getting bajillion dollars, <laughs> that's the indie vibe. 
<laughs> I mean, he's also said that about uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, is that it's the most expensive indie game he's ever played. Well, now yeah. it would probably be Redemption, apparently. Um, Red Dead... Red Dead... It was, or, uh, Rev- Rev- Red Dead Redemption 2? No, the other... the, the... Revolver? No, the specifically the roguelike that Dry has been playing. Returnal? Oh, Returnal. Um, I guess that probably didn't cost more money than Red Dead. Red no. Dead. no. It, you can see, like, that it is a roguelike. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 is also, like, a big triple indie game that I wouldn't recommend anybody play. <laughs> Uh, people like Red Dead too. It's a yeah. very good game. No, actually, I'm lying. It's a very bland game with an incredible story. <laughs> like it is. Mm-hmm. The gameplay of it is very much like I want to be a cowboy in cowboy land doing cowboy land things. But like the story made me stop and think about life and think about like who I am as a person. Uh, and I that's not something I've experienced in that exact way as that game did in any, in any other game ever. Um, not even Soma. No, Soma didn't make me like think about that in that way. (laughs) It's, it's not even, it's not like how I'm living life. It's literally like what, what kind of person are you? And does that mean that's who you really are? Is kind of how I got out, what I got out of Red Dead. Okay, I feel like I've played one game every year that's probably hit me like that, honestly. And I, I haven't. And like, I think we definitely how we consume media, the two of us, mm-hmm. is very different. Because like Squid Game, for instance, you felt very strongly about certain things about that, and I thought it was dumb. <laughs> um, like it's. It's just that like I can't connect to certain things at all. Yeah. Like if I don't connect to it, then it just doesn't it just doesn't do it for yeah. me. I mean it's been one of those things. Like when I was younger, I was like, dang, Dry likes video games. We're just, we got so much in common. As I get older, I'm like, dang, we have very differing opinions on all media. We do, yeah. In a lot of ways. But we really like, do. It's just like a lot of where we come from and like because where we are and like just stuff like that. And especially like this conversation. This is a conversation between an indie game developer and a writer. Yes. <laughs> Ultimately. Yeah, like, basically. So it makes a lot of sense where we're standing <laughs> and a Robbie. And I'm just here. Yeah. Hi, Robbie. <laughs> hi. You're the, you're, you've, you're the gap. You're the control us. group. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, yeah. Considering I'm in the middle with that. Yeah. I, I mean, I find it funny, like as this podcast, especially as this podcast goes on, you always end up being this gap between yeah. me and Gerard. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of just the gap in between you two. <laughs> Like, I'm okay with that though. Like you're not wrong. Like if a game has strong writing, I'll forgive a lot in it. Um if a game has no writing essentially and it's just fine, then I it won't suck, but I'm going to say it sucks. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, and like if a game has a game could have like the best fucking writing and if I think the gameplay sucks ass, I would not play it. Yeah. Like if you give I mean I've had some like there as much as I talk about it, there are indie games that I give up on because I just like the gameplay is not that good or like just certain aspects of it. But like, I think just again, sometimes it's shooting fish in a barrel, like the sheer amount of indie games as well as like how much dedication a lot of the indie devs have for their game. Yeah. Especially because a lot of them make games without actually expecting to get money. For so sure. It's just their passion. project. Yeah. <laughs> I lost my voice. It's just their passion <laughs> projects. <laughs> Speed of passion, I clearly get <laughs> riled up about stuff, but yeah. 
<laughs> We've been talking about this for like 50 minutes, quite yeah. frankly. Oh my goodness. I will also say that Sam, uh, she did put in the chat, it's not everyone's problem, or it's not everyone else's problem that you can't feel. Tell them that. <laughs> Tell them that! <laughs> I, don't, like, I do, but like, I'm not, I have a difficult time just letting whatever emotion in. I Honestly, I do. Um, I'm extremely defensive, and that's a problem that I've always had. So like, if an indie game's like, I'm hurt, I'm not like, fuck me too. I'm like, I don't give a shit, fairy child. Like, I don't care, like, you're a sad little fairy that like but if lost it's a its cowboy wing. but if it's a cowboy I'm like it's a vaquero <laughs> if, it's a, <laughs> if it's a cowboy who's done bad things and wants to be a good person um genuinely i almost gave up on red dead mm. um because it takes a really long time to get to the turn to where it starts being something more than cowboy um i was real close to giving up on it actually um so yeah like i a story will take me through most of things like if I think you can look at most of the games that I play. Once a story hits, like it hits hard for me. Mm. So there not to say that some things aren't like fun gameplay, like a game that I go back to quite often is Borderlands series. But again, hey, you like the characters in that one. So I would say the writing probably still does impact it. Uh, I liked the characters when I was younger. They're very <laughs> grating now. Oh, nice. Um, I like, All right. You say you mute them nowadays. Don't you? I literally mute them except for flack. Um, <laughs> Uh, Pro ZD does his voice, and I think he's very funny for most of the part. He gets to write a lot of his lines, so that's fun. Um, it's like his stuff is fine, but literally, I mute everything except for the explosions. And like, I mute the music, I mute the voiceover, and I put on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I play Borderlands now. Uh, a new Borderlands comes out in March, and it's Tiny Tina, and she's maybe the worst character in the entire series. I plan to literally mute all the voiceovers and skip the cutscenes immediately when I buy that game. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, it's not what I go that for. I go to. Listen Secretly, to an... they're just going to murder off her character, and then it's a detective DLC, and you have to discover who murdered her. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> that'd be so good. Um, uh, I like detective stuff. I, I know you do. I could probably make a very <laughs> mediocre detective indie game, and you'd be like, E, this was your best work. Probably. I'm a fucking... <laughs> I like detective shit. It's I'm... literally just like... A, it's literally just a, you choose whoever character, and it just randomizes who's the v- villain. Like, I never saw it just... coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't, like, we, we always have discovered that we just consume... Even just like... When you're bored, you're more likely to put on like a show. I feel, yeah. And when I'm bored, I want to play a video game. <laughs> so like, yeah, that's like always I, been a difference. I genuinely have to have a lot of energy if I'm going to play a video game because it wears me out. Playing a video game wears me out. I have to have a lot of energy to watch a television show because that wears me out. See, opposite. Yeah, and en- en- show is when I'm don't no energy left. I watch a show. I, I have to because like I have to get ready to watch a show is always why it takes so much energy out of me. Whereas See? with a video game, I'm already kind of there. So it's Weirdly like, enough, that's one started. thing where I'm not in the gap with you guys. Yeah, where... you need energy to live, Robbie. You can barely stay awake <laughs> yeah. sometimes. It's one of those, like, I, I play video games and I watch movies and I read books because I want to do something for myself that doesn't involve working. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, like that's kind of one of the part reasons why I enjoy doing the podcast as much as I do is because like if I don't do anything else that week, I at least come here and watch a movie and bullshit with you guys. It's a good time. Yeah. This is the only time I watch movies. If <laughs> if I wasn't on this podcast, I would watch like three movies a year. If that. Yeah. yeah. Not including if Jariah drags me to once. <laughs> Which yeah. he's apparently not gonna do anymore because I eat too much popcorn. You eat too much popcorn. You don't get to go anymore. <laughs> um yeah, it's just a just a difference on how we consume the media. Yeah, I think ultimately. Um, I mean, it just 
I mean, some no, of the real how I am. Is... I'm just like, and I just have no energy at any point, basically. <laughs> so like, I'll just stay on my computer all day. And since that's where my games are, and I don't like watching stuff on my computer. See, I also like, don't like being at a computer. I I much prefer that because I don't like being on a couch. Same. I love couches. I, I absolutely love my or my little chair that I have right in front of my battle station. I, it, it's like my go-to place whenever like I'm feeling down. Literally, it feels like if I'm when I'm at a computer, I have to be fully attentive, and I have to, I can't relax if I'm at a computer. Like I, it's there's just nothing about it I can relax with. I'm in a shitty, uncomfortable chair almost every time. Like <laughs> I get I'd, a better chair. No, literally, I've never sat in an office chair that I've loved. I've never done it. Get it's a never gamer happened. chair. No, they want you to. Sit Those are right. worse. Yeah, they're super uncomfortable. <laughs> Those are just about posture. Like, I think the funny thing about that is because, like, they had the chair that you're sitting in right now. Mm-hmm. And as, like, a gift to Liz, I bought him the chair that Dry is currently sitting in. Mm-hmm. But I also have, like, the game chair that I, I've had for, like, the past, what, five years now? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, because I, I think I bought it back in, like, 2016 or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I still love that chair. <laughs> like, a couch I can sit on all day. An office chair, I get so annoyed. I can't sit I, I'm the get annoyed in an office I'm chair. the one sitting on a couch right now, and, like, my ass is starting to get kind of I, unfeeling because I'm sitting here. Dry has watched movies with me. I can't sit in a couch. It's like, true. I'm constantly moving around. You're literally a cat. And, like, <laughs> in a chair, I can do the swivel. Like, that literally o- occupies enough of my mind space to where I, like, could just do that and do something. See? And, like, if you see... Me, well, you pro- you have CBO computer. I you probably could would assume I have ADD, which how much I'm doing on a computer at any fucking time. Probably because yeah. like I'll have like four browser tabs open, Discord, sometimes also a video game that I'm playing on this while switching around shit. Nope, couldn't do it. I, I will <laughs> say this though, with the uh, PC games that you have played, you did uh, because I gave you guys the computer that you have now. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you in. Found out the joy of having multiple monitors, considering you have three behind you right now. He doesn't and... use one. No, no, no. Like for a while, he was using two. He'd use one for podcast while he played a game on the other one. It's it's what I do. I use yeah. it for podcasts. Um, but like I can't watch. I used to do this, but I can't watch something and play something at the same time. One of them has to have my full attention visually. I can't watch something and play something at the same time, but I can definitely have something on and play something at the same time. See, and I used to be the same way, but like that whole like just audio in the background something happening podcasts took that over for me it's like see i can't i've tried many times i can't really get into podcasts like it's just funny. ours is the only one i know <laughs> ours is the only one i'll listen to and even then it's taken me four weeks to finish the last star wars <laughs> the next and... one will be out and i'll probably still not be done with that episode like i i just i like stories I'm sure yeah, ultimately I know where do. everything falls for me. Yeah. I like stories a lot. I like characters in, in video games. I like gameplay. Yeah. And, and we'll do a lot. Like in some but, ways I'll do things for gameplay, yeah. but it's very like, rare. I think I've told you, like, I don't like sketch shows. And a lot of that is these aren't like characters for you. They're like fun actors that you love. Yeah. But for me, it's like if I just was like people watching and just hoping they made funny jokes, like that's the equivalent of a sketch show for me. Yeah, like for me, sketch show almost takes up the same mind space as like stand up comedy, which I just like stand up comedy. I can't watch that either. Like, yeah, yeah, you guys showed me too, and I feel like I've seen enough for my life. (laughs) If I'm watching sketch show comedy, I feel like I'm trying to watch something ridiculous. 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, because it's that. That's always what it's been for me, at least. Is like you watch sketch shows and like, oh, like here's something that's kind of a realistic situation, but there's something that's just way out in the distance somewhere. Like, I guess a good example is uh, Auntie Donna. Whenever they did a sketch, where they're like, isn't it weird? Whenever this happens, oh, that's so relatable. And then they just have like one character who's uh, a French politician from the 1700s. Yeah, uh, that that show was so good. Yeah. Uh, talk amongst yourself. I'm gonna read all the hate mail. This. <laughs> oh, now uh, he's getting to it, Sam. So yeah, uh, this whole this whole tangent has been for me saying I like Psychonauts too and think it's very good. <laughs> Yeah, it very much is. I forgot how we got here. <laughs> we, we still we haven't talked about the night before. The night of? The night of. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Me. We watched a sh- <laughs> we started a show because like we're doing a thing where we're like, we'll watch a movie and then we'll record for that movie and then we'll watch an episode of something. Yep. Uh, uh, Dry had the Watchmen. Yeah. I had Odd Taxi and it's Robbie's turn. Yeah, it's my turn with the night of, which I've actually been talking about that show since we started the podcast because dry was like hey maybe we should do a tv show sometimes and that's the first show that i named is because like i really wanted to show it to him not the first one he brought he brought family guy that was his first one he brought <laughs> that was my first like oh we need to have like a little mini episode something he's like oh i'll just bring an episode of family guy fuck it it's the last episode that i have that was the fucking most viewed one for a long time it's because we had you going on about how much you hated family guy i was so mad that that was our <laughs> most viewed one for so long because i don't up like... until i started yelling at dry because of rashomon i know i don't like that persona of myself which I don't like the like persona what... of me being super annoyed with Drya <laughs> to the point that I dra- or drag E into it because E's like, yeah, it was okay. You hated it too! <laughs> That's right. like, I'm actually still a little bit embarrassed about how emotional I got over that episode. I am because it's me too, except mine's less excusable because mine's fucking family guy. <laughs> which does not deserve any like attention that I gave it. Oh, my God. I mean, you kind of did the same thing that like, Cartman from South Park did when it came to Family Guy. That episode's a weird one. <laughs> it was a weird episode, but that was literally just like, oh, well, we need to do something short. And I was like, oh, I have an episode of Family Guy that's unaired. I know. Like, it's just a thing. Like, half the time, whenever Dry asks me to do something, I was like, oh, here's just a thing. That's all the time Dry asks me to do something. I barely fit the theme this month. <laughs> it just happened to work out. He squeaked out. in. So, he squeaked in because of incest. <laughs> I was uh, real tempted to do Texas Chainsaw this week. <laughs> I still need to see that. It would have been very funny. Um, I mean, anyways. technically it is about family. <laughs> Sorry about interrupting you. Oh, no, there. it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it was a good ramble, though. Let's be honest. Uh, that's why I kept them, like trying to put in my two cents, because it actually was a good ramble. But it is very much like two extremes. And yeah. I was, I'm just in the middle of that. Like, I love indie games. I love AAA games. Uh, if there's a game that I don't like, it's usually for a very specific reason and it doesn't happen very often. Like um, there is a podcast I do listen to that they do like a best game and worst game at the end of it. And like, it doesn't have to be like the worst game of all time. Just like for you personally, what is like the worst game that you can are uh, for you personally? And I actually realized what game it was for me. What's your worst game of all time? Draken. Draken? Yeah. The Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Did you... I thought that wasn't translated into English. Nope. It definitely was translated into English. Uh, Weird. Yeah. M- remember, it was like that SS- SNES cartridge that I had where like there's a dragon in a graveyard oh, yeah. on it. And, and like, like it looked really cool and extreme. And then you go and play it and you're like these four little characters with like this little 8-bit music and yeah. just like kind of walking in 3D space. And then when you get into a fight, it just you watch them fight each other and you don't actually get to play anything. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Like, that should have been a warning sign because, like, I just went to a friend's house and they had some Super Nintendo games. It's like, oh, this one looks cool. And they're like, oh, 
you can just have that game. Wow. And I was like, free game. yeah, that exactly. I was like free game. Awesome. And I went home and I played it and I fucking hated it. <laughs> and you just like snuck it back into his file. Okay. <laughs> so, I probably should have, but I think I, uh, I had that game up until, uh, I think I was like 23 and like, I had another friend, like he bought his, or he bought his oh, son right, a super yeah. Nintendo, but they couldn't find any games for it because they lived in South Fork. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not playing any of these games. If I can give them a good childhood of like, you know, here's these really cool games that I played as a kid. I'll give these games to you. And you gave him Draken. I gave him a, <laughs> the only game that I had that he did not take was Shaq Fu. No one deserves to have Shaq Fu. I like Shaq Fu. That game but fucking sucked too. It's not as bad as Draken. But it still sucked because like sucked, but we played it. It a lot. genuinely is arguably one of the worst fighting games ever made. Yeah, it's super bad. But yeah. like the thing with Draken is like so the game starts off, it just like drops you in the world, and like it has a, a somewhat interesting story of like dragons took over the world some years ago and almost wiped out humanity, and then there was this like half human, half dragon hybrids called the Drakens that started to like take over, and like they became basically the new kings and queens of the land to like kind of um rule over everything with like a sense of or a sense of like unity so that way every like you know they weren't just like annihilating the humans and then like something happened i can't remember exactly what it was but like a group of humans had to like go together and you basically had like a little D D group that you uh brought with like you know you had like the barbarian and the mm -hmm. wizard and the rogue and everything to like go and talk to this guy they don't tell you where you are they just drop you in the world and say good luck and you're supposed to go to the um a castle that's like right in front of you it doesn't tell you to go to that castle. You're just supposed to know to go to that castle. Um, on the way there, you could like just like run to random creatures that you'll fight, and like you don't fight them. Your characters just, like walk around in random directions, and like if they're near the guy, they'll like swing a sword at him really quick and then walk away, and you just watch it happen. Like you actually don't fight. You just watch it happen. And Sounds then, like the worst thing. It, it's pretty bad, but it You're gets even worse. <laughs> You're not kind of, but. <laughs> So, like, that happens, but, like, when you get to the castle, you have to, like, try to get through the front door. However, if you try to open up or go through the front door, a shark just, like, jumps out of the moat and eats you. <laughs> and, like, there's permadeath in there, like, so the character's just fucking dead. And, like, if you do that with all four of the characters, the game just is done, and you start over from, from the beginning. And you, what you have to do is there's, like, a little fin in the moat, and you have to wait until it passes by the, or passes by the bridge. And if you don't, like walk in each character individually at a very specific time they just die <laughs> and then like you go in there and like all the doors are locked and it doesn't tell you like how to open the doors you just have to like sit there and, and wander around aimlessly until you open up one of the doors and then and a then, shark shows out of the <laughs> it just jumps out of the cobblestone and eats you it's fucking annoying uh like that happens and then like eventually like you just explore this castle aimlessly until you find this guy that or this draken who's invisible for some stupid reason in his room until he says like, hey, I haven't heard from my sister in weeks. Go talk to her and then I'll talk to you. And you have to literally go, like it shows you on the map, they have to go across the map. Like literally, if you're here, like if this is the map and you're right here, here's where the castle is on literally the other side of the map. And if you try walking through it, there's like this border down the middle where a guy won't let you pa like pass through because it's dangerous. And so if you try to go around that point, it says like, oh, you're not at a high enough level. If I let you pass right now, you'll just die instantly. And so like you can either or you have to basically like level up your guys to be able to pass by this or uh, the middle of the map where you'll just get attacked by a fucking dragon. And so even at like level 20, like it'll kill you in a couple of hits. This game sounds awful. It's totally awful. We should move on to the night of. <laughs> I will say one more thing about the game. <laughs> okay, great. What's even worse is like while you're trying to level up, eventually it'll become dark. Um, 
when it becomes dark, there's just a random chance that the, the stars will start to move. And if that happens, a chimera creature comes out of the sky, shooting laser beams out of its eyes to fucking kill you. I remember that happening to me. Yeah, that game is annoying. Like, it's just a the, the game is a giant middle finger to everybody. Good, good. The night of. Yeah, the night of. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I showed them the night of. Like, the very first episode, I figured it's something that Dry would like because it is very much kind of like a murder mystery whodunit. It reminded me of the podcast called Serial. About, like, Kellogg's? Yeah, they debate no. what the <laughs> superior Serial mascot would be if there was, like, a fight between all of them. S-E-R-I-A-L. Um, like, Serial number? Yeah, yeah, sure. They debate what uh, Serial Box has the best Serial code on it. It's yeah. the, the first season of the Serial show is about somebody who was accused of murder. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't do it. Real real thing. Okay. Uh, very good show. It reminded me of that. I can see that for this first episode. Because yeah. like the first episode, you're following this kid named Nas. And he's a Muslim kid living in New York post 9-11. And kind of like this little awkward doesn't really talk to a whole lot of people kind of person mm-hmm. um kind of shows him in college at his course and then like he goes to bat our basketball practice turns out his brother plays basketball one of the basketball players invites him and his brother to a party that night because like hey you're kind of weird and awkward but like maybe you should meet a girl like come to this party there'll be girls there it's like okay cool i can talk to another i can talk to a female that's not my mom <laughs> yeah yeah and like says like hey like i'm gonna go to this party with a friend tonight like i hope you guys are okay with that's like yeah i guess so if you guys are just gonna be safe about it and then his friend just uh kind of tells him hey i can't go and he's like well how am i gonna get there then he's like well that's not my problem he's like there's gonna like i'm not gonna be able to go to this party tonight it's like well there'll be other parties it's like not like this yeah so his friend bails on him he ends up stealing his dad's taxi who you find out uh rents it with two other people yeah so it's one third um, his taxi yeah and uh, while he's driving this taxi around New York trying to get to this party, like people keep on trying to hail him down because he's a taxi New York. And eventually some guy says, like, if you're off duty, turn your off duty sign on, asshole. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And so like stops like, the cab yeah. and starts pressing all the buttons trying to get the off duty sign on. And then like eventually so these guys walk in like, hey, we need to uh, go downtown. Can you uh, please go? Like we're in the middle of the road right now. Like, uh, I'm off duty right now. Like, well, how come your off duty signs not on then? Uh, it's it's broken right now. He's like, well, fuck you. We're not getting out. Yeah. Like, well, we need to get there. So we're not getting out. Drive us over there. Yeah. yeah. And and then uh, almost luckily for him, cops come in and they're like, hey, yo, you can't be parked here. What are you doing? He's like, I, I'm off duty. It's like off duty signs not on. Like, I, I know it's broken. And they like back up. It's like, hey guys, uh, get out and take the train. Either that or you can come with us. And like, fine, we'll get out. <laughs> and then the cops leave, and immediately somebody else gets in the fucking cab. Yeah, it's, it's very frustrating watching this scene because everybody gets in this goddamn cab. Yeah, it's uh, New York. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, and it's this random girl. Yeah. And he just like looks at her. He's like, oh, you're pretty. And this is when the poor decisions start. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like they started when he stole the car. You're yeah. right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> this first episode is just like a, a very long series of bad decisions leading to Murphy's Law of everything that can go wrong will go wrong. He just... He does put himself in a very bad situation. but And I'd, and it, it puts in a situation to where I think it's very possible that he's done this, this crime. Yeah. And because it, it doesn't say, because like, you know, he meets this girl, they talk, they end up doing some drugs at her house because like he misses this party driving her around she's like well how about we just have the party at my house and like you know does drugs with her gets drunk with her stabs um, her hand yeah 
plays a weird version of five finger five fillet. finger fillet where they just stab as hard as they can and hope they don't hit anything, and then he does hit her hand, and then they they fuck. Yeah, and then he just like <laughs> it goes from like kind of like a weird scene of them like fucking for like ten seconds, and then like him waking up in the kitchen, like passed out in the kitchen uh, with yeah. a cup of water. Well, not fully clothed. Mostly clothed. Yeah, mostly clothed. He has his underwear on. He has a shirt has on. A shirt on. Do he have a shirt on? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But like, yeah, he just has like a shirt and everything on, and like he's like, oh, like it's really late. I should probably go. And like he goes upstairs and like to tell her, like, hey, like it was fun, but I I gotta go. Like thanks for tonight and everything. <laughs> and then like turns on the light and you see like a bunch of blood on the on lampshade and then turns off the light again of like <laughs> i did not just see that 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 isn't real that's not happening turns the light back on and yeah she's fucking dead she's been stabbed a whole bunch of times in the bed covered in blood covered in blood everywhere yeah and he freaks out and runs out of the house um with like aria just ends up like running out of the house trying to get into the cab realizes the cab's locked uh tries to get back inside of the apartment and realizes that it's locked and so he breaks a window, cutting his hand while breaking the window, like gets inside, uh, start, like grabs his jacket, grabs his keys, notices that there's the knife that he stabbed her with earlier, but it has more blood on it, grabs the knife and then runs out of the apartment. Also grabs some cocaine. No, I think he just grabbed gum. I thought, I swear he grabbed a little thing of cocaine. I mean, because of what happens later on in the episode, you can tell he didn't grab the cocaine. Could have hit it somewhere better. Yeah, he maybe put it's it, off his bum. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> he like it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, yeah. again, though, I thought he, I swear to God, he grabbed the cocaine and the knife. I think it's just because, like, you know, he grabbed gum that had like there like a bunch of little white dabs well, on the table. It, wasn't, it no, was, it like, was like, a like a little cylinder, thing, like a cylinder. Yeah, it's what the cocaine was in. But anyways, it's <laughs> probably not relevant since yeah. Robbie yeah. doesn't remember it. And yeah. He's seen the show. Yeah, <laughs> this is actually my third time watching the show. Jesus, it's definitely not relevant. Yeah, it's, yeah, not it's relevant. definitely not relevant. But like, uh, ends up leaving. Uh, like while he like whenever he first broke the window and whenever he's leaving a neighbor sees him and like it shows like it puts a lot of emphasis on like everything that happens that's going to be late important later on in the series like you know him stealing the cab people seeing him driving around the people who got in his cab the guy who called him a, a terrorist whenever he was walking with that girl down the street uh, touching the, literally everything yeah, everything that he touches uh like it shows the ct cct or cctv uh footage of like whenever he goes into a gas station and he's like getting water and beer for him and the girl yeah um that hearse driver that like she was smoking a cigarette and like just flicked out a lit, a lit cigarette towards the cab whenever they were filling up gas and he's like hey like if you keep doing shit like this you're gonna uh you're gonna end up being my next passenger and i think and like put or puts out the cigarette for her because you know you don't just like flick a light a lit cigarette at somebody who's putting gas in their car you don't smoke yeah you don't smoke gas station yeah you just don't do that yeah if you value anything about your life anyway. Yeah. yeah their lives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, uh, whenever, like I said, uh, some random guy ends up calling them a terrorist. Um, yeah. And like, anyways, like leading all up to that, that neighbor sees him break the window or, you know, break a window and then walk in and then run out and get into a cab and drive away. He ends up taking an illegal left turn and cops see him and they're like, Oh, well I can definitely smell smoke and alcohol on you. How much you ha- had to drink tonight while you're doing this illegal left turn. Oh, I, I haven't had anything to drink. Yeah, I'm sure. Get out of the car kind of thing. And like he realizes he's in trouble and like he's freaking out. And then like they end up getting the call that there was a break in a couple blocks down. And like they don't want to leave him there because he's definitely at least did reckless driving. And they don't want to just like, you know, they have something else bigger to deal with. But he's they still have to deal with him. So they just put him in the back of the car. It's one specific cop who doesn't want to let him go. Yeah. Everybody else is literally like, just fucking let him go. It's not a big deal. Yeah. 
But that one cop doesn't want to let it go because he's reckless driving and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And high and drunk. Yeah. And high and drunk. And it's one of those like I probably didn't want to have on her conscience letting a drunk driver loose. And she ends up feeling very vindicated. Yeah. Um, but anyways, like that happens. Uh, they end up getting a call to the place that he broke into to get his jacket and like where she is and everything. And then like these cops that picked him up, like, Hey, our shift is ending in an hour. Can we just like go take this guy to the station really quick? And, like, no, 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 let's deal with this right now. And end up finding her dead body inside of the house. And then more cops get called. Thing. Yeah. It ends up becoming a big thing because now they're at a murder scene. And uh, he's like, it goes through the perspective of him seeing all this unfold while he's sitting in the cop car, freaking out in the back. While the neighbor who like saw him break in and then like leave is just kind of staring at him the whole time. Yeah. But I think what's kind of funny about that is like when they ask the neighbor, like, okay, who broke into the house? Like, I don't know. It could have been like a, a light skinned black guy, maybe a Mex- uh, Puerto Rican, maybe. So definitely not white then. He could have been white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, lends credence to a comment that I made earlier about uh, in the other episode we did today about eyewitness testimony being very yeah. unreliable. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, like that happened. Uh, eventually they're like, hey, like, um, what are we going to do about the guy in the back of the car? Like, oh, well, go ahead and take him to the station. Uh, go ahead and get him tested and everything. And then we'll deal with it like, while we deal with this over here. And they take him to the station. And like while he's getting driven to the station, um, the guy, he's like, you don't look like uh, very much of a witness. Do you know what happened? He's like, I, I didn't see nothing. He's like, well, when hell of a witness you're going to make then. Yeah. And then like makes the mistake of asking the officer, like, is she dead? And he's like, well, I'm pretty sure, uh, pretty sure she is. That's what the... Well, the terrible officer, you're not supposed to just say that stuff. Yeah, no, you're not but, supposed to say that, but also, he's an idiot. I mean, he's an idiot. Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> I that's been made clear. Right no ma- that was made yeah. clear he's an idiot two minutes in the show. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like, that happens. Like, he wasn't supposed to, like, say anything, but he he thinks the guy's a witness, and he thinks that he's just, like, talking about what he saw in there. Yeah. So, like, he shouldn't be saying anything, but he is saying things, because, like, it, it, this first episode is just a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they take him to the police station. It's a lot of him, like, waiting at the police station for, like, what's going to happen. And, like, him, like, subtly trying to leave because everyone else is dealing with something bigger than him right now. <laughs> but, like, all just, like, freaking out, like, not knowing what to do in this situation. Even tries calling his parents at one point in time. Which, like, what's he going to do if that call goes through? Right. Which, yeah, because, like, he calls and then, like, hangs up whenever the parents wake up, like, pick up the phone. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then, like, eventually, like, his... Uh, his brother, who's the basketball player, like wakes up and sees that like not like Nas just isn't in his room. His bed is still made and everything. Like he hadn't slept in or, or anything. And, like wakes up his dad's like, "Hey, where's where's Nazir?" And, like they try calling his cell phone, and that's whenever he's like starts hanging up on his dad and everything. And, and the parents start calling every single hospital. Yeah, they start calling hospitals, calling his friends, calling anyone that they could, trying to figure out where their son is. Yeah. Um. Eventually, the cops that were originally at the crime scene get back. And they're like, okay, well, like we saw this and this and this there. And like, well, what are we going to do about him? Like we, we dropped them off. It's like, didn't you guys test him? You never told me to test him. It's like, well, we told the guy who dropped him off. It's like, he didn't tell me anything. He's just been sitting here. It's like, well, we're still going to do a drug test on him. It's like, well, he's been there for like two and a half hours or two and a half, three hours. So whatever was in him is out of his system now. So I guess he got off lucky tonight. it's like, all right, we're just going to do a quick search on you really quick. And then we're going to go ahead and let you go. You got off lucky tonight, kid. Yeah. And they're like talking about the crime scene while like they're asking him questions about who he is and like where his address is and everything and like doing a search on him. And while they're doing the search on him, they do a very cinematic thing of just like, yeah, the only thing we're looking for is uh, 
a possible murder weapon, which would be a five inch knife that's about an inch and a half across while they're pulling a bloody knife that's five and a half inches long and about an inch and a half across. Out of his pocket. Yeah, yeah. out of his pocket. Also, he's such an idiot. Yeah. Like, even if you take the knife, why would you just keep it on you? Yeah, like, I, I and here's another thing. I genuinely thought he left the knife in the cat. Yeah, because he I put it on the dashboard. He, I yeah, because yeah, like that's what it. it all right, I think that's kind of what it showed. Because like whenever he got into the cab, he put it on the dashboard and they started driving. And then while he was at a red light, there was a guy in a motorcycle that was just staring at him. So he just like, grabbed the knife and put it in his jacket pocket. I thought he put it on the driver's seat. I, yeah, and there's some not, weird, obviously, yeah, obviously but... not. But there's weird stuff with the cinematography here. I right. don't like. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I say like he didn't have like any drugs on him is because they did a search on him. And they didn't find any drugs. They did find gum, though. They found his gum, cell phone, and the knife. Yeah. And his wallet. And his wallet. He stuck it up his keister. <laughs> Maybe. Um, That's going to be a vital plot point next. <laughs> um, and he ends up getting arrested. The detective does what detectives do in these yeah. situations and try to be his best friends with like, them hey, as possible. Yeah, I'm trying to be your friend right now. I'm trying to help you out. Like, this is going to look real bad if you do this in court. So just follow my instructions and do this, okay? And, like... Did like the whole like so did you murder her? I was like no, I didn't kill her. Like okay, well I'm trying to help you here, so you got to tell me the truth. And like did the you know like what so you said. If you lie now, then it's gonna look real bad in court when we throw all this evidence at you. Because I'm telling you, we got to treat you like we would treat any piece of evidence or any crime scene. You're a crime scene right now, and I'm telling you, if we search you, I think what we're gonna find is that you were at that crime scene. That crime scene's on you. You were with her. She's on you. She. We're gonna find that her blood is on you, and you're on her. So I'm just help me help me out here. Just tell me the truth. Tell me what happened. Yeah, and what it is is he's trying to act friendly, but he's trying to get a confession at the same time. Yeah, like detectives do. Mm-hmm. But it's very much that, and like him going through the process of you know having to like give away his clothes because his clothes are part of the evidence, and like them taking pictures of like his hand because his hand is messed up. He has scratches on his back from having sex with that girl. Um, they do some swabs, like a mouth swab underneath his fingernails, they do a penal swab because he had sex with her. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of showing like how in some ways it's kind of dehumanizing all the stuff that he has to do. And like extremely him, you know, subtly freaking out during all this time and him being questioned, uh, him being put in a cell and everything. And uh, them also talking to that racist guy who like was, uh, you know, calling him basically a terrorist. Bunch of awful things. That yeah, we bunch of, yeah, exactly. Basically, just a bunch of awful things like him being there for a couple hours just to say, like, yeah, I told you I saw him walking with that girl. Like, it seemed kind of sketchy. Yeah. And like uh, him being a witness and also the neighbor being a witness and like all that other stuff. And then like eventually like just just this lawyer that was there for a totally separate case sees him sitting there and like kind of says, like, you know what? Like, I want to help out this kid and like starts talking to him and questioning him and like telling him what he should be doing and everything and saying like, I'm going to be your lawyer. I'm going to help you out with this. I'm going to see if I can get you out tonight. And like, Hey, like, what did he do? It's like, Oh, he had a possession of a weapon. Like, okay. That seems like a real minor crime. Like, why don't you just like let him go for the night? It's not that big of a deal. And it's just like, well, um, books on the case. Yeah. Books on the case. Like what case? Like someone die. Yep. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck did I just get into? Yeah. Kind of just like, Oh, like I'm going to try to help out this guy. Like, how can I help out? Like, Oh, it's a murder case. Oh, I overstepped. Yeah. I don't even like know what his expectation. I don't even know what his expectation was. Cause all he heard about this was that he like sliced someone up. Yeah. It's like, what would you do anyways? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Well, it, that's also the thing too, is cause like when he talked to him is he's just like, he asked him like, like, um, he didn't say like, what did you do or anything like that? Cause like, as far as I'm concerned, until they charge you with something, you didn't do anything. Did they charge you with something? Yeah. It's like, well, until proven guilty, you didn't do anything. Yeah. 
Like, um, very much giving him lawyer talk. Very much lawyer talk. Also, I think I'm going to end up liking uh, this lawyer. Is played by uh, John Turturro. Yeah, he does a fantastic job playing the lawyer in this movie. John uh, Turturro. Show. Um, he, I, I like him as an actor, and I'm very excited to see him do something very serious here. Yeah, because he's so. very well, he's kind of known for doing, like, um, slapstick kind of comedy. Yeah, sl- well, I was going to say slapstick, but I was going to say, like, Adam Sandler kind of comedy, because yeah. he's been in quite a few Adam Sandler movies. But he also does a very good job being a serious actor, too. I think he's somehow in a terrible movie, Transformers 2. He's the worst part of Transformers 2 somehow. So I'm very excited to see him not suck. Because uh, I think he's actually a good actor. Yeah. So I, I'm very happy. Just I'm, you wait until you see who's the prosecutor. It's Adam Sandler himself. Oh, no. It's going to be. If, <laughs> Robbie, right now, I'm telling you, if Adam Sandler or any of his fucking cronies are in this show, I'm turning it off. They're not. Okay. <laughs> this is the closest thing to a crony that he has in this. Was it Adam Sandler in Uncut Gens? Didn't you like that one? I did not like that one. Oh, my bad. I haven't seen it. Uh, friend of the show <clears throat> um, that I would love to have on the show, but he refuses to be on. Absolutely loves that movie. But uh, I do not like that movie. I thought it was a show. It's a movie. Oh, yeah, that's Uncut a movie. Yeah. Uh, the Night Of is a show that I keep on calling a movie. Yeah. Everything's um, a movie if you want it. But yeah, this whole first episode basically just sets up that our protagonist is an idiot. Yeah. Uh, he's an idiot who got himself in a really bad situation by making a bunch of very bad decisions. And or murdering someone. And possibly murdering. It doesn't say whether he did or didn't. He just woke up oh. and she was dead. And I am eager to find out what happened in those like three or four hours or whatever that he was passed out. Because yeah. I'm sure we'll get some sort of it, it does go more into depth on like what happened that night uh, through evidence. Uh, it also kind of shows like what he goes through through the penal system, both like being charged, then being in prison and like yeah. what his prison experience is like and what the court system is like with it. Uh, it goes through the uh, lawyer story and stuff like that. Uh, I, I feel like I'm almost going to spoiler territory, but I, I do honestly love the show. Like I did watch a show when it was being aired on HBO. Like this was during that time that I had Comcast. And the only reason why I kept their TV program is because they had HBO. So I could like watch this and game of Thrones and, the brink and like other shows like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Uh, I think our pro tag is an idiot, but he, he is. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll keep it going. Um, I'm excited to get your guys' opinion. Like once we finish the show. Yeah. I have a few minutes here. Um, Sam says she binged made the last few days. I'm not sure what made is. Uh, it's a new uh, Netflix someone show. Someone who like cleans after you. Oh, you shouldn't eat maids, Sam. That's bad for you. <laughs> It's cannibalism. No, no, I think she just washed her maid for many, many Sam days. could definitely afford a maid. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, me and Liz went and watched Eternals. Oh, how was it? I thought you already watched that. No, no. Um, we went and watched it on Tuesday, went to see it in the IMAX, uh, because that was somehow the cheapest option. Uh sure. Yeah, I don't know why, but it was. So we went and saw an IMAX. It has uh some great aspect ratio stuff with it. It, we have Limax here, so it's not the real IMAX experience. It's not the same resolution and stuff. It was properly loud, and the screen uh, looks extremely unimpressive <laughs> once uh, I have gone to Dolby. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that I kind of forgot about the theater experience, because when I went to go watch Antlers with you and Sam, uh, that wasn't an IMAX. That was just like a normal-ass theater. I forgot how loud theaters got. Yeah, theaters get real loud. It's yeah, great. yeah, they do. I don't like it. It's good. It's the best. It's no, the best. Yeah, I, the I legitimately forgot how loud they got. Like because even whenever I'm at work, I have headphones in that like have active noise canceling, so it doesn't get that loud. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm just going to start borrowing those when I go to theaters so I can hear it at a reasonable volume. I, I, just earplugs, dude. Almost every movie that I've brought E2 at some point, he covers his ears. <laughs> just ear, earplugs, dude. It was the most. You'll it still hear it. It'll just be. For, uh, Quiet Place. Quiet Place 2, for Which sure. Very funny. But I feel like for a Quiet Place, it would do that because it'd be like very quiet mm-hmm. and then like volume just goes up by tenfold. It's not even that. Like it, There's like a constant like annoying hum that I have to usually cover my ears for yeah. purposely, of course, but like. Yeah. Like it's just too loud for me. Okay, it's he doesn't want the unpleasantness, right? <laughs> Whereas I'm there for it all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went and saw Eternals. I don't get the hate behind this movie. I just it's don't. Mar- it's not a normal Marvel movie. It's not. It's for sure not. There you go. You got the answer. That yeah, that actually might just be the just of it. Is it's not Avengers. Uh, honestly, it's like way better than Avengers. I still hold the opinion. I think the original Avengers is not very good. Like even just <laughs> just kind of noteworthy for its place in in where like it made the thing go. Up. Yeah. You're you're right. But like I'm I think about Avengers, even like the newer ones, and like they never seem like anything more than coworkers. <laughs> honestly, that's okay. fair. And in Eternals, in the two and a half hours that that movie is, they feel like friends who've known each other for billions of years aren't they really just co-workers in the avengers anyways like they are yeah kind of they're the, technically just co-workers like the only like main ones are uh spidey and iron man because they had to set that up right but like do they have like more of a brothers in arms kind of feel to them no they have more of a brothers kind of feel to them brothers and sisters family okay. loved ones like Step they actually brothers. care about each other um as well as like everything else but like the amount of characters that they have to set up in this movie, 10, by the way, uh, 10 and two side characters that end up being very important for Jesus. what they're going to be doing in the MCU. Um, Group two. <laughs> no, uh, the post credit scenes are actually very, very exciting. Uh, sure. They, uh, I don't want to spoil it. Um, it's very exciting and I'm so happy about it, but I honestly really, really, really like this movie. Um, it's, probably one of my new top five like this and shang chi are my top five marvel movies i think so you're really getting into the phase five then yeah okay i do have one kind of dumb question about it okay there's only one other movie where they even hinted about him is there any living tribunal in this Ooh, (laughs) that's good enough answer for me um he's the side character He's riding on Groot the whole time. He's like, I'm the living tribunal. I don't I don't know. Who Things is. are mentioned that bring up stories that involve. Good. Good. Did so, they, did be, they introduce that, the Thanos copter? They did Close? in Loki. <laughs> in Loki they did. They introduce a real silly thing in one of the post credits things, and it's going to be a big part of the story, actually. They got the sponsorship for Hostess Fruit Pies again, and they're going to add them <laughs> into every scene. <laughs> no, like, literally, they have the two post credit scenes they have, one is very, very, very silly, and it seems like it'll be very fun, and the other one makes me fucking excited for the shows that are going to be on Disney Plus and for Blade. Um, it's the first time Blade's got to do anything in, like, 20 years, right? Yeah, since Snipes. Um, Mahershala Ali will be playing Blade whenever his movie eventually comes out. Eventually, twenty seventy two. It's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a really long time, actually. But I'm very excited for that because 
Marshall Lally's great. Uh, he's one of the best actors alive right now, easily. Um, but yeah, they set up a lot of stuff in this one. I think ultimately what people's problem with this one is that it's dark. It's like really dark. Um, and it feels like a DC movie that doesn't suck. Like they literally do the everybody the fight Batman's. Superman's plot, but like, well, okay. Invincible. Kind of. I haven't seen enough of that anyway. Um, I still only saw three episodes of that show or five or whatever we watched. Like, it's just I like all the characters. Like they all feel lived in. Um, there is some tonal whiplash. I'm not gonna lie about that, but I think that's just Marvel in general. Um, I don't see the complaint about it not being a Marvel movie because I think it has big Marvel action scenes. I just think they're done more grounded than most Marvel action scenes are. And people want big and bombastic when it comes to big Marvel action scenes. Like these are the Eternals are things that have been around for millennia. And um they feel more grounded than the Black Widow movie where she's literally a human. Hmm. Yeah, so, but she can do backflips. Can the Returnals backflip? So many backflip. Oh. Um, it's I don't know. Like I, the best way I can describe it is that it feels grand. Like it feels like there's something bigger there, and it feels like it's setting up something more important than than a Thanos even. Um, Two. I will Thanos. say I did see uh, in the trailer. I did see Galactus, which hmm? his whole thing is he eats planets. So that is pretty grand and he big. Is- Ideally, like one of the big bads for sure. It's Uh, cool. It's very cool. Everything that they do in this, I the one thing I will say is, and Liz uh, is gonna get a kick out of this. I think there's only one miscast person this entire thing, and it's Angelina Jolie. (laughs) She just is from an era of acting to where if you're like an action hero, you got to look pretty all the time, and you always have to pose for the camera, and uh, sure does that. Like it never, it feels like she never has a flaw except for like what her flaw in her character is. But like it talks about deeper things. Like there's a PTSD story in there that like is taken very seriously. Um, like what it means to be like faithful to things you believe in and what the right thing to do is. Like there's deeper stories in there than what I think a lot of Marvel stuff is really willing to talk about. Um, and I think maybe that's probably also something that people don't like about it. Um, I can see where people wouldn't like it, but I think it's some of the best Marvel has done with an or I, it's almost the best origin story. Uh, I think Shang Chi gets that. Shang Chi's just fucking good. Okay, it's a really good movie. Uh, it's on a, uh Disney Plus right now, and I intend to watch it tomorrow because they also have the other uh other giant Disney news is they have a bunch of the IMAX format versions on Disney Plus now. Ooh. So you can see the better aspect ratio on those. Just for your IMAX system you have in this in this house. Yeah, basically all it's going to do is eliminate the letterbox. It's just going to give you the top and bottom of the frame. It's going to move it to four by three. <laughs> Make it uh, Zack Snyder. Make it uh, like the Ghostbusters where it's going to be like slowly zooming on certain parts all the time. <laughs> I mean, it also goes along with like what you're saying on the episode that we recorded too is like for some people, they just want to consume the media. They don't want to really think about it too much yeah and i think that this is also one of those things to where it's clearly the end of it is a huge setup for a bunch of other stuff 
And I think people are drained on that. I think they're still like we got we did the Thanos thing. Like, what more do you want from us as an audience to get uh attached to? And I think that this is going in more of like we gotta defend Earth and more of like actually the universe is pretty important. Like we're yeah. gonna we're gonna fix the universe now. I mean, even in the Marvel comics, it was like that too. Yeah. It, it was like Thanos set up an even bigger picture because that's whenever like like I said, uh, whenever Galactus got involved, or whenever they found out about, about Galactus and like the voids and the Living Tribunal and um, the Watchers, which they actually hinted at the Watchers and Guardians Silver of Galaxies and stuff Surfer. like that too. Yeah, yeah and Silver Surfer and, and stuff and like that. Very much Loki. Yeah. Um, yeah, like there's, you just keep saying Silver Surfer. <laughs> I said Silver Spooner, that's all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I honestly really like Eternals and uh, it's good. I think it's just good. The sex scene is fairly unnecessary. Like most sex scenes. Give me the shatter cut that removes it. <laughs> um, like for the characters, it makes sense. But like, I think you can get the idea across without them having to fuck. Yeah. That's usually how I feel about it in any <laughs> movie. With I, a yeah, sex I, w- scene. I would say like 99% of the time when there's a sex scene in a movie, uh, literally all you need to do is like have them passionately kiss and then like starting to lay down and then cut to next scene. And like, oh, they, they fucked. Yeah, like, but you know, then like, you have an issue with p- dumbos like me who are like, "Wow, they went to sleep." <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna yeah, say they like, took a nap on the beach. Good for them. They ever since tired. the '60s, though, like they've just had sex in movies just for the sake of having sex in movies. Sex ever sells. since the yeah. dawn of man, sex arguably, sells, but yeah. like it started to really sell in the '60s because like that's whenever they could really get away with it without having to call it porn. Yeah, kind of. Um, but yeah, Eternals is really good. I highly recommend that. Uh, for anybody who's like watching Marvel obviously this is going to be a huge thing you're going to be missing out on a ton of where story is coming from if you don't watch Eternals um, 